shotglassdigital.com. In an age when Orlando Bloom is fighting with Justin Bieber, you need a safe place to geek out. This is the 99th episode of Such a Place. This is the Geek Out Loud Podcast. Again, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out on the internet. My name's Steve Lawson. So glad to be along with you. And um, wow, it's a special one. This is what we would call the penultimate episode before we hit the triple digits, ladies and gentlemen. This is that moment. This is the time. This is when we're getting ready to step into a whole new frontier. I'm telling you what, geared up. I am geared up and excited for what is coming down the pipe as it pertains to goal number 100. I hope that you're along for the ride. Really looking forward to that. But we've got 99 to get out of the way. And to help me do that, ladies and gentlemen, good friend of mine, he stepped over all the way from the Mark Out Loud podcast. We're not talking wrestling tonight, though. We're going to let our geek flags fly and fly proud. Ladies and gentlemen, making his way to the ring, standing at seven foot tall, weighing in at 395 pounds, the gorilla from North Georgia, the great Dave Jones. In the flesh, baby. Love me some rush, dude. Dave Jones, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. So good to see you. Put that mic up to your mouth. Don't Doesn't be, rush make you just excited? Don't but. be scared to eat that microphone, sir. I gotta, I gotta get your levels all set and sounding right. We should have done it before we got going, but look, I'm not a. We we were doing pre-production. A little bit, a little bit, <laughs> just a touch, just a touch. I was like, hey, have you seen that Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack? Yeah. Yes. You know, Dave, I told you at the outset, I am so excited, just super stoked for. Um, for Guardians, it's it's probably the movie that I've been most excited for since anything. Like I honestly can't remember just looking forward with such anticipation to anything else in a long, long time. How does uh, how does it rank against Cap Three? I mean Cap Two, excuse me. Uh, I wasn't. I mean, 
I was looking forward to Captain America 2, but I came out of Captain America 2 much more excited about it than I was going into it. Yeah, it was like a super surprise at how great it was. Oh. I mean, I, not that I thought it was going to be bad. It just exceeded my expectations. Hey, spoiler alert. I talked to James Arnold Taylor a little bit about that on the next episode. Oh, very good. And uh, talked to him about some of the stuff he's seen and hasn't seen. And, and I made this statement to him that... For all of my life, I use Superman 2 as the standard by which I judge superhero sequels. Now I use Captain America Winter Soldier. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I think it was that good. It was that good. Now, Dave, I'm just going to tell you, don't be afraid to eat that microphone. Okay. Don't be afraid to leave it there and and make sure that when you start to talk, if you put it over the side, that you're talking back when you're here. Okay. Because it's, it's not going to pick you up, pal. All right, pal. You comfortable? You feeling all right? Yeah, pal. I'm doing good. Good, good. good. So why are you doing that? Don't make fun. <laughs> I was trying my Vince McMahon. I feel like I hadn't got you loud enough. Hey, pal. Whoa, kid. Come on now. Be careful. Hey, everybody. Coming in a little. Hey, everybody. It's good old JR, and I want to thank you for downloading this episode of my wait, podcast. Wait, wait, wait. Now, let's mark out loud. Let's I know. I'm sorry. Right? Let's not use mark okay, out loud stuff all right. for, for Geek Out Loud. We're here to Geek Out Loud, Dave. And as always, I want to thank everyone who has supported... Um, Geek Out Online via the Patreon at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. I greatly, greatly appreciate your support. We all do. It's it, I'm humbled and amazed at how many people have um, just stepped up to the plate to um, to help us out and, and, to, and to be there. And you can do so and join the ranks of the Geek Out Loud Hall of Fame, such as Jennifer Barrows. The air swirls around her as she calls it to herself to attack those who would wreak havoc with the power of the element of air. She not only has the ability to create great winds and deprive criminals of air, she can surround herself with air and survive in the deepest depths of the ocean and take flight as the air literally lifts her from the ground. This is Jennifer Barrows, Goliverse supporter and uh, superpower haver on the Goliverse Wall of Fame. You can join the Wall of Fame by heading over to patreon.com slash geek out loud and becoming a patron through that and dave for those of you who are at the five dollar level more me and you are sitting down tomorrow to record the second exclusive podcast goliverse podcast yeah one of my favorite movie franchises yeah i'm 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 uh i'm looking forward to talking about it with you and and getting into i hope i don't have the same experience that i had with spider-man 3 i hope you don't but uh you know well, you never know. You can't. Sometimes I've been talking to people and they space out like that. Nobody else is there, so it could happen. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> you did Spider Man three by yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you could do. You could potentially do X Men three by yourself if you like. Just ignore what I say. No, 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 no. You don't understand. Me doing Spider Man three by myself, not good. It was not good. It's probably one of the worst things I've ever done. And the the most the thing that redeems it for me is that about forty five minutes in, I realized not a good movie. Well, you know, Joel Schumacher uh, came to the same conclusion. If you listen to his uh, commentary on Batman and Robin, oh my gosh, does he do the same at thing at the very end? He basically apologizes for making the movie. Well, you know, and the thing is, is Joel Schumacher's not a bad filmmaker. No, though. he's not. Lost he's, Boys. Yeah. Oh, a time to kill. He's done a he's done a huge work on House of Cards. He's Batman been, Forever. Batman. I liked Batman I Forever. Too, yeah. I really did like. I like Batman Forever more than I like Batman Returns, sir. I do too. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Look at that. That's a fist bump right across the desk there. <laughs> Dave, it's good to have you here with us, man. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm glad you're here and, and looking forward to um, 
to the rest of the weekend. We've already had some good times, had some breakfast for dinner. That was epic. Yeah, man. Made some pancakes and bacon and sausage and eggs and grits. We made grits. That's right. Uh, for all you New Yorkers. Yeah. Well, just all you people that live up above, well, basically Atlanta. That's we right. Had, <laughs> <laughs> we had some grits and they, I, I got to tell you, I mean, I don't usually brag on myself like this. They were pretty good. Well, you hit a grand slam with that, sir. I mean, I feel like I hit a grand slam with the whole thing. Pun intended. Grand slam breakfast. I, it was. It was. Forget Denny's. That's right. Forget Denny's. Well, we always do this, and and, and this episode's going to be no different as we get ready. I'm just geared up for 100, but uh, we don't want to look past 99 you, to get to 100. Do you want to tease 100 at all, or is it just kind of like well, you Well, I already have teased a little bit. I talked about talking to James Arnold Taylor. Oh, do, have you? I, you know, I don't listen to your shows. So I was I just talking to you Oh, about okay, it. okay. Don't be hateful. <laughs> I'll kick you off this podcast right now. Oh, please don't. Um... I also uh, have been reaching out to someone else who I've been trying to get on for years, and uh, hopefully he can make it work. He's been working on a movie. Ladies and gentlemen, so, George Lucas. So I don't know. No, George didn't work on it. Oh. Uh, I'm so glad to be here on Geek Out Loud. Uh, it's, uh, it's been really fun. Um, no, uh, I don't want to say because I don't want to you know, put it out there and then nothing come to fruition, but... I've been working on this guy for years, and, and we've been trying to make something happen. So hopefully we can. He's finishing up a movie right now, and, and we'll see. Um, trying to get trying to work something out with Jason and Jimmy Mack from the Force Cast, have them on, and of course trying to get Derek to come along and uh, and play a little bit too. So I do want to ask: Does Derek actually exist, or are you like playing recordings? You've met Derek. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can't go down that road. You've okay. met Derek. <laughs> This is not a crevice isn't real thing. You've met Derek, so don't act well, like that. Well, I was that, trying so. to like flip it on its head. Um, anyhow, uh, we do it every time. Let's get into this now. Let's jump into some emails. Dave, lip-syncing, uh, the lyrics to Mr. Postman. Uh, our first email comes from Chris Reyes. He said, Steve, I had a great time chatting with you on my podcast. I had a great time with you guys on the Story to Screen podcast. The Story to Screen podcast. You can find them on iTunes. Had a good time with those guys. He says, my question is, do you believe we'll ever see a Tron 3? I really enjoyed the last one, Legacy. It was really exciting. was really excited for a sequel. However, it's been four years, and they keep on saying they're still in the writing stages. I haven't heard of anything since last year, and there seems to be no other developments so I have the unfortunate feeling this is a movie that will never get made. What are your thoughts? I'm in the same camp. I don't know that ever will. I know they tried the Tron Uprising, and I don't think that paid off the way that Disney hoped it would on Disney XD, even though it was a good show, especially toward the end. Well, you could argue that maybe it wasn't given a fair shake. I mean... I don't know. I mean, I, I couldn't say. Um, I, you know, I, I DVR'd it and uh -huh. watched it, and it was one of those things where I feel like I feel like, and, and I think they did this with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think that they come out of the gate saying, we've got to introduce you all these new characters and get you invested in them. But if you'll hang around, we'll really show you some neat stuff. Mm -hmm. And so by the end of the season, they're bringing in Kevin Flynn. They're bringing in, they're bringing in the actual Tron. They're, you know, they're bringing in all these people. And it's like, I feel like it was a little too little too, too late. Too late, yeah. Um, they, um, and it's the same thing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Even though Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wasn't too little too late. But it, but they they went into that series saying, well, just wait. We've got to get you through 
to the second half of the season. And I feel like that was unfair for the writers. I feel like that was unfair for the viewers. I feel like, you know, I feel like they should have had an overall first half season arc that did not depend on them getting to that second season. I, I feel like by the, I feel like that it really should have focused in on Colson that first half of the season before we hit the Winter Soldier stuff. Yeah, I agree. You know, and and I think that it would have been a much more well received situation than than it ended up being, especially by me. But now. The minute Glenn Talbot came on screen, I'm like, I'm there. I'm in. I'm in. But uh, I don't know. I don't think we'll see Tron 3. I think that's, you know, you've got you got Star Wars. Well, you know, Jeff Bridges is real busy. I mean, he's got a music career outside of being an actor. He does. <laughs> he's playing at the Ryman, I think, pretty soon. The big Ryman. What kind of music does Jeff Bridges play? He plays like country, folk. Exactly. Rock. Yeah. How much, how much can that be doing for him? Huh? Well, I mean, it's a huge deal in Nashville. So, um, you know, I think he's got some other things cooking. Now, I'm I'm kind of of the opinion that they'll eventually do this, Steve. I mean, how long did it take them to do Tron Legacy? Hey, let's listen to Jeff Bridges sing a little bit. All right. Just for the fun of it. Plays the guitar, too. By the yeah, way. he's playing right now. Run down. Your heart's on the loose. Mm-mm. Nope. Wait a minute. No. No. Dave. Steve. All right, I'll give him a few. I'll give him a little bit more. He sounds like he's falling asleep, Dave. I mean, he's... <laughs> he does, he yeah. Did, he did it once. Your heart's on the loose. <laughs> that's what it sounded like well you know he does he is talented he can play the guitar um and uh you know there's probably an audience for that type of music i'm not yeah, yeah it's yeah. not me yeah yeah it's not oh, you sure, sure sure look all props to him for doing what he wants to do and yeah. doing what he loves to do <clears throat> i mean hey man the dude abides that's right so, well, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but well, I don't so. know. I don't know that we'll see. I think I think you're being a little too hopeful. I don't. Well, know that how we'll long? See. How long though? In between Tron and Tron Legacy, twenty, thirty, some odd years. Right. So about twenty no, years from now. I don't think so. I I think that they're too primed and ready for one. I think they all the elements were in place. I don't know what they feel like missed on it. I don't know what people who don't like that movie know feel like. I don't. I don't understand because to me that movie was so good. How did you feel about yeah. Tron Legacy? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah. The soundtrack was awesome. Daft Punk did the soundtrack. Yeah, I know, man. I got both versions. It was epic. I and, love it. Uh, the the effects were just awesome. I thought the story was good. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I think it's, I think it's definitely like you said. I think there's a sequel begging to happen. Let's just, you know, maybe they just have so many things going with Marvel and Star Wars that, you know. They haven't focused on Tron yet, which is something they have had for a while, right? That's the yeah, in-house I mean, and that's thing. the thing. That's a Disney property, so you know, s- specifically Disney, right? And and I, I would be surprised. I was, I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it was a box office failure or what. I don't know if it was a John Carter situation. I hope not. Actually, John Carter is a good movie. Oh, I like John yeah. Carter. Don't get me wrong. No, I'm talking about financially. Right, right. You know, they right. poured a lot of money into that and didn't get the return that they hoped they were going to get. Yeah. So well, the the marketing was. Really poor for John Carter and yeah, oh, it was, it was terrible. You're right. You know, so I mean, not to mention places were burying it before it even. Now, Dave, let's talk about 
John Carter for a second. Okay. Because you are someone who is, you're into all various manner and sundry sci-fi stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, had you read like the the novels and such as before the movie? Yeah, I'd read a couple of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you liked it. You dug it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely. It's one of those things my dad read, and so okay. he was like, you ought to try this out. And right. So I read it. Yeah, and I loved the movie. I thought it was great. I did. I mean, look, I love the movie. Who are you saying bash it? Me? No, no, no. Just oh. in general, I think the consensus was either that it was not good before yeah. it came out, Yeah. and then now there's people like me that were like, you know what? It was pretty good. Right. But now it's like we're not going to see the rest of the trilogy or whatever they were going to do, quadrilogy, you know. Well, they spent way too much money. And I think part of that is the 3D situation. I agree. I think they could have trimmed a lot of their budget not filming in 3D, not worrying about 3D, and just doing that. I feel like that's the same for a lot of movies nowadays. Um, You know, runtime, I think, could have been a little bit different on that. It could have been edited out. Not that there was anything I could think of that could be edited out. Like, I've, I've only seen it the one time. Right, but a little more maybe quick cuts and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, maybe yeah. faster, more intense. Shit. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Moving right along to Scott Purdy. He says, hey, Stephen Derrick, or Stephen Dave in this case. I'm not sure if my past emails got through, but then I can't remember if I sent them to the Big Honkin' or Geek Out Loud email. Just got the wrong email altogether. I'm a newer fan to the Goloverse, and by new, I think I've probably been listening for a year. First of all, Steve, I agree with Thor in name and character being inseparable. Some character names can act as a mantle, and many comics have done it. But with some, it just doesn't work. Robin can be promoted to Batman, but Cyclops can't be promoted to Professor X. That's a good point. Also, Thor is a male name. (laughs) Just from a language (laughs) standpoint, apparently. I often wonder if comics have gotten more crazy and convoluted, or maybe I've just gotten old, but I used to feel there was a canon. And now, with so many different titles for the same basic property, it doesn't feel the same. Do you guys think that um, there's still canon in DC and Marvel Comics? And by that I mean, I used to feel that the fans of a certain title would share knowledge of a common history, but now two people can easily be a fan of Batman without even reading the same titles. I guess they expect a true Batman fan these days to read Batman, Detective Comics, Batman and Robin, Legends of the Batman, Batman Eternal, The Dark Knight, Batman Inc., Batman 66, Batman Vacation, Batman Crime and Punishment, The Dark Knight Illustrated Book, etc., Okay, I made a few of those up. But you see my point. The same goes for Marvel now and their title mixing like Avengers X Phase Team Force X. I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, so it, it's, a, it's an interesting question, Dave. Do you think that, um, that they're still canon in comics? I do. I mean, it's there, but it's also convoluted. I mean, the marketplace, you know, you, you could argue um, overexposure for certain yeah. characters. But I think DC has something good going with the Earth One graphic novels they were doing, where this is like, like I think Marvel now maybe should go to just graphic novels and just have like have one come out like every quarter or something like that, and it's like this is this story. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. Why not? That's what they do with Earth One. Yeah, but I I don't think that that's going to happen across the board. For all of their titles. It doesn't have to. I'm, I'm just saying those types of stories. Oh, okay. Like, if you want to give, you know, I, I don't know. I just think at some point it's like, how many Spider-Man titles or Batman titles do you need? You know, it's like, it's like the emailer says. I mean, at some point, you know, if I'm reading Batman Eternal, do I, you know, and I don't read Batman and Robin or Batman and whoever it is, and, and it's just like, you know, are you getting the full story or do you have to read it as a crossover? But, I mean, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's hard to... uh 
I think it's hard for them to justify. So what I'm saying is, well, what he's asking is, well, let me ask you this. Is that a bad thing, though? Is it a bad thing that I could be reading uh, Batman and not have to read Detective Comics? It doesn't have to be a bad thing, no. But I think I think the back in the day, like when we were kids reading, right? I think that it, you know, there was some kind of crossover. I mean, you had the Superman with the numbering, if you remember that, Steve. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you would have something going on maybe in Detective that was like referenced later in Batman and well, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean that that kind of stuff. Look, like I used to read the Fantastic Four religiously, mm-hmm. like going to church, man. Yeah, and um. But I still kind of knew what was going on in the Avengers a little bit, right? You know, not and 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 those books never necessarily crossed over all the time, but there would be mentions of things that had happened, and there'd be that little asterisk in the box, and you would look down the editor's note and see, well, you can read Avengers three twelve to know what's going on, you know, or whatever the case may be. There was a there was a continuity across the board, but it they didn't have to cross over. If that you know you see yeah, what I'm yeah, saying yeah 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 and and I think that's I don't I think that's what he's saying because see I I'm of two minds of the matter which really is a mistake because now the two minds are arguing one with each other and and I feel like on one hand you know what there doesn't need to be canon in comic books these are characters and stories that have been going on for seventy five years and there have been so many changes and so many alterations and stuff that if you bind yourself to what has come before then you could be messing up creativity of stories that can be told down the road. But, but, it's been established for so long, especially in the Marvel Universe, that we don't have crises in Marvel. We have character development, you know. (laughs) And, um, you know, with DC, if they're like, oh, we've messed up, all they have to do is have a crisis or a flashpoint you know, and they can reset everything. They've established that as being something they do. With or, Marvel, you know, in Marvel, they sell their souls to the devil. That's just one character. Yeah, well, and he didn't sell his soul. He just made a deal to save his aunt or some such. Anyway, I won't go into that with you. <laughs> You're a Marvel kid, Steve. So I mean, that's where we, you know, that's where we will uh, look at each other across the fence and wave. Is that I'm or, DC and or I'll throw Marvel. rocks. Yeah, or throw rocks. Yeah. Mine, mine hey, be green those, rocks. How are those DC movies working out? They're going okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Constantine was great, man. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. I actually amazing. like it. Okay, yeah. um, not bad. Uh, we got another email from Scott. He says, uh, "Hi, Steve and Derek. If applicable, this time it's Dave." Uh, my name is Scott. I usually Sorry. go by the title Skiznot because it's so many forms I frequent in the past. There was already a few Scots. I really want to encourage the concept of a gate uh, of a safe place to geek out. I do know that part of geeking out, however, is nitpicking and finding fault. It goes hand in hand with the passion for the subject matter. It was refreshing to hear that I wasn't the only person who considered the prequels, Star Wars, and all the bashing in the world won't take away that moment in the Phantom Menace where a protocol droid approaches the two Jedi and I was back in a world I'd missed on screen so dearly. The trouble I'm having is is with what is called geek culture. is how negative people get and not letting it affect me. I include myself in those people because I'm very guilty of giving in to the dark side of geek. The two things I battle most are defensiveness and disappointment. For example, I'm one of those folks who enjoyed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. from the beginning 
<clears throat> and it's hard to hear the phrase, it was horrible from people when I feel it, it was the same show in the beginning and the ending of the season and everything that happened in Cap 2 crossover was part of a natural buildup that, la- that laid the foundation early. See, I go in defensive mode and I had to stop myself because I could end up writing an entire email defending the show. Some of my favorite movies and shows have major detractors, so it gets difficult sometimes. But quite often, I'm the one saying it was horrible about something else. And that's where the disappointment comes in. I went into Pacific Rim expecting nothing, but I go into Star Trek Into Darkness and I'll be comparing it to the, re- to the best of all the Trek that went before and I end up angry. Or worse, Prometheus used to send me into fits of rage as I felt like I was riding off... Uh, the writing of Lindelof uh, ruined what could have been a Ridley Scott masterpiece. And don't get me started on the Big Bang Theory. I always know I should say things like, that show doesn't work for me, or I was disappointed by the ruined potential. But often what comes out is vitriol against people who I probably have more in common with than not. With Doctor Who, I've learned to say I'm just not a fan, but I think Who fans are great people. With the Big Bang Theory show, I seethe with rage, and I just want to say it's a horrible show and you're terrible people for supporting it. See, I know that's bad, and as hard as it is to admit, Big Bang Theory fans are my people too. So I just want to say I struggle with the dark side of geek, and you and a few others have been good examples of getting along and being friends with people you disagree with. Help me fight the dark side, Steve Clawson. You're my only hope. Nope, give in to it, son. Rant and rail. Uh, every time, Actually, every time I lose hope, I almost find a new one. Uh, I always find a new one. It just takes effort. Oh, and I agree with Derek. Dark Knight Rises was awesome, and I'm a longtime Batman fan. It's my second favorite Batman movie after Batman began. So you're not alone. I think it was Derek that liked it. No, it's Carl. It's Carl that liked that. I like it too. Carl. <laughs> That's a Walking Carl. Dead reference. Carl. That's a Walking Dead Get reference. Get in the house, Carl. Carl. It's a Walking Dead reference. This may be too long to read on the podcast, but I'm always interested in hearing ideas how to battle the dark side of geeks, both on the inside and out. Cheers and thanks for all the show. And that comes from Scott. Now, D- uh, Dave. Um, what? Dave. I said. Okay. Um, Sonic, Sonic, Peach Tea. You really get into the dark side of the geek side of things a lot. <laughs> Example, sir. Um, you just get really frustrated when people don't like stuff that you like. Like what? I don't know, Dave. Like I don't like Superman. What? <laughs> Wait, that's not true. Yeah, I mean, I'm you don't just, like Babylon Five. I don't. I can't. I don't like Babylon Five. I've never watched it and refused to. Okay, I do. All right, big fan. And that really irks you. Doesn't irk me. To each his own, in, brother. In a little bit. You're. You're. I. You're. I can see you to right each now. Each his yeah, own, brother. Yeah, clenching that fist up like <laughs> I will knock your head off. No, I mean, I think for me it was like I heard so much about the storytelling and anything mm-hmm. like that. So I probably went into it with different eyes, and and I watched it years later too. I mean, I didn't watch. I didn't finish watching it until like two or three years ago. So, you know, it came out in the mid nineties. So, right. I mean, but like when you hear people just go off on stuff and, um, you know, and just hate on it. Well, I mean, the people with the strongest opinions usually were the most vocal. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, there's a lot of that going on out there in the, the, uh, cyberspace. Um, but you know, on, on the other hand, I think, I think he's right. I think you have also, made it a safe place to geek out about anything, and you uh, proved that last week by admitting that you kind of like Star Trek. So, you know, anything's possible if Steve likes Star Trek. I mean, that's uh, that really should just be how it is from here on out. So, 
<laughs> Look, here's here's an example. I love Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. 1980 Flash Gordon. <laughs> yes. Flash. One of my favorite films oh. of all time. Mm-hmm. All right? Yeah. And there are so many people that are like, why do you watch that steaming pile of garbage? Right. Right? But it's just something that I love, you know? <laughs> What's that? That's me raising my hand saying... Go ahead, sir. <laughs> no, just saying, yeah, why do you watch that? <sighs> oh, see? No, I don't... I like the Flash Gordon movie. I don't right. have a problem with it. Um, Those women are hot. I mean, it wasn't... Like, one of the defense things is that it, it knew that it was being a parody, basically. Yeah, yeah. So... Did it? Yeah. Did it? Watch it again. And again. And again. Did it? I've watched it a hundred times, I bet. I bet you have. Yeah. Naomi in the chat says I, she has the Flash Gordon on Blu-ray. Hey, Naomi. So there you go. Um, You know, here's the thing. I, I think the idea is this, is is learn to just change your vocabulary. I I was one of those people. Give I would say this, Scott. Give the Big Bang Theory a chance. I was one of the people who, when it, in the first season, people were like, oh, you'd love this show, you'd love the show, and I didn't because everything was so on the nose. But, I started kind of just happening to catch it in um, in syndication, like on TBS. I really found myself digging it. And once they got out of the first season, I think they really found their way of making jokes that everything didn't have to be about Superman. Everything didn't have to be about Star Wars, Star Trek. That's something all these guys like and are into. But they... They're also intelligent people. You know, you're also dealing with some of the smartest people in, you know, in the world uh, with, with these guys. And so I think the idea of that show is how do these guys get past not their geekdom, but their, but their awkwardness and their, and their social inadequacies that, you know what, I'm sorry. If it, there's a reason that there's a stereotype out there for geeks and stuff. I mean, I'm just being honest right now, you know. I, I said on Rock Out Loud the other week when we were talking about me at the concert, I don't do well with the women folk. I don't, man. I get, I get, I don't know how to act. I don't know how how much to flirt. I don't know how little to flirt. I don't know. I just, I'm all out of whack when it comes to that kind of stuff. I'm just not. I can communicate well to an audience, but I cannot communicate well at all one on one with people a lot of times. You know, I stay up here in my head. I stay up here in, in my thought process. And you know that. You know how I am. You know how it is to text me. You know? <laughs> and I mean, let's just be, let's just call a spade a spade. You text me something. I'm like, yeah, man. And that's that. Or it just sits there for two days. Yeah. <laughs> nobody ever mentions it again. <laughs> that's so true. That's so true. You know, but you know that I'm not like, Look, let's let's get really real and honest. It's the reason I don't have a job full time right now because apparently I'm not the most social person in the world, you know. And well, there's other factors, you know. Sure. And well, no, I'm just saying that was one of the reasons it was given to me. Yeah. And so, you know, the idea is okay, but there's a st- the, the stereotype is there for a reason, whether mm-hmm. you like it or not. And and the truth of the matter is, you put me behind a microphone and talking, or you put me in front of an audience and talking. Oh man, yeah, Bing Bang Boom, Big Steve coming out and everything. You text me, I'm like, well, what's up? You know, or yeah, or you just sits for two days because I don't have anything to say back. Like sometimes things get said, and I'm like, mm-hmm. 
Like the other day, I texted you because we were. I was in Destin, Florida, uh-huh. and Steve was in Panama City, yep. and I said, "Man, it's so pretty down here. You can see your feet through the water." Which I don't know sounds like a bad poem right now, but yeah. anyway. <laughs> and Steve just put, "Yeah, I love the Gulf," and like I could feel Steve like just really, just like that's all he had for me. <laughs> And it's not that I don't like it. Right, you. It's right. Not, it's like I don't have anything to add yeah. to this conversation yep. because I love the golf. Yes. By the way, I mean, understand? I love the golf. Um, did you say I love the golf? No, I said that. Yeah, you. That's what yeah. I said. I'm glad you because that was coming through. That I'm glad you see. This is why we're friends, babe, <laughs> because you get it. You understand. I've got a friend right now who will text me, and I won't necessarily respond back. And oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. You would think it's the worst thing ever. It's like, well, you didn't ever respond. I'm like, I didn't really have anything to say to what you... You kind of ended the conversation with your statement. I don't... There was nothing to say back. Congratulations, you got the last word, and it wasn't even an argument, you know, that kind of thing. And it just sits in cyberspace. Yeah, or it just, just floats sits there, out there. You know? It's it's like, start a new conversation. And because I'm not a great conversationalist, mm-hmm. you know? Well, neither is Sheldon. In Big Bang. Well, I don't have the Asperger's that no, Sheldon you don't. has. But, you know, that show at its core is really about these guys dealing with... I mean, it's about love, in a way. Like It really is. They, you know... And love that's of the best thing. friends, love, yeah. you know, all that kind well, of stuff. Well, and the thing is, it's like, you look at how they interact with Sheldon and how much control he has over that group, even though they can't stand it. But they still keep going back. And there's a reason there. And there, there's been an episode or two where he hasn't been around... I'm like, oh, I miss Sheldon, you know, and it's like. <laughs> well, that's why I love he and Penny. Like, I think they're like. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, Sheldon and Penny talking yeah. about, like, their interactions. It's so good. Yeah, it really is. Because, like, she doesn't give him an inch. Right. You know? When she got him for Christmas, the Spock, <laughs> or the, the, the napkin that Leonard Nimoy yes. used. And like he just he'd gotten all those different size baskets from Bed Bath and Beyond to equal. And he just brings them all out. And he's like, it's still not enough. <laughs> and like, he just hugs her, you know, just the, oh my gosh, I broke through kind of thing, you know. And so, yeah, it, but you see the genuine affection these people have yeah. for each other. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, and I think when you look at it as that, when you look at it as a buddy TV show, it's a lot different because I, I don't think the stereotypes are bad. The only stereotype I really have a problem with on that show is the comic book store guy, um, Stewart. Because it's true to life. Well, because, no, I mean, because, like, he is the most pathetic of all of them, you know? And it's like, it's almost like the writers are saying, see, he gave his whole life over to this, and mm-hmm. you see what it's done for him. And I don't think that's the case at all. You know, I think that um, you look at someone like Walt Flanagan, happily married, two good kids, you know, that he loves. He, he doesn't really bring them in the limelight that much, but, you know, he's doing what he loves to do, and he, and I feel like he's kind of a, a well-adjusted guy. I'm talking about Walt Flanagan from Jay and Bob's Secret book Stash. Man, yeah. yeah. Comic book man and everything, and he's surrounded with a bunch of people who just aren't well adjusted at all. <laughs> and so, you know, Me. yeah, yeah. Well, Brian Johnson, if you listen to right. Steve Dave, yeah, you know, I just want to talk to Brian sometime, be like, Me too, buddy, yeah, you know, and just be like, I know what you're saying, right? So, where did we get off on this, too? Oh, because of the dark side of the geek. So, yeah. I think, I think the idea is is enjoy what you enjoy. Yes. You know, and don't expect other people to enjoy it. You know, if people don't like it. My thing is, you know, I went off on on a tangent the other week on Geek Out Loud because of the what if the prequels were good video. And and it just ticked me off because it was the same old tired mess. Well, remember we got an email on Mark Out Loud. Yeah, yeah. About it too. Yeah, the guy (laughs) threw it in there. 
And my thing is, it's like, okay, fine. You don't like the prequels? Fine. Fine. Here's, here's the phrases I don't want to hear from you. George Lucas ruined my childhood. I don't want to hear from you that George Lucas is untalented or a hack or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I don't want to hear you complain about Jar Jar. I've heard all that. Now tell me what your problem with the prequel is. Because if you want to talk about the story, let's talk about the stories of the prequels. And, we'll, you know, we can get into that kind of stuff. And do those movies have their flaws and faults? Sure. Sure they do. But let's talk about them in an in a intelligent way and not just, oh, they're totally terrible and stupid. Because as I've said before, every prequel hater just about has some kind of Darth Maul collectible in their Star Wars collection. You got it. You know, I mean, it's like... How many of them ever talk about how... Uh, Ian McDermott couldn't act, or you right. know, or, like he was or how it bad in. the John Williams music was exactly. for the movies and that kind of thing. Or the effects, like at the beginning of I've Revenge heard, of the Sith. I've heard someone try to say that the Anakin Obi Wan fight in Revenge of the Sith is just unfeasible. No, but like that moment when they're just swinging their lightsabers around their bodies and everything. It, what, no one would do that in a real fight. I'm like, you know what's unfeasible is anybody listening to a giant slug. <laughs> and why wouldn't they just turn around and shoot him because he's not going to run away? That's right. That's right. So, yeah, yeah, we're so scared of Jabba the Hutt. Or or what is that space slug going to do the Millennium Falcon? I mean, <laughs> just hover there for a minute. He'll yeah. open his mouth up again. He's yeah. too big to really swallow you yeah. and get you. Fire your jets. It'll uh-huh. make indigestion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but anyhow, so I just my idea is um, is just don't uh, just don't listen. Just don't give into it. You know, yeah, if people I mean, I, have an intelligent conversation. That's one thing. Right. I mean, I spent a lot of time. After Superman Returns came out, uh, trying to defend it to everybody I knew, and I was—I remember—I just lived and died by the box office numbers. I was just like, "Come hey, on, I'll come tell on. you this. You I'll, know, I'll tell you this right now with Superman Returns. We we mentioned it earlier in the kitchen while I was making pancakes for you. Um, the it was uh, very nice, yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> um, you compare the way that movie was shot to The Man of Steel. Hundred times more beautiful. I agree. Superman, the Superman Returns is just a beautifully shot film, and I think you start with the cinematography, and you go to all that's so good about it. It's it's a it, you know I, the last time I watched it, I just was sitting there in awe. I'm like, I forgot how good. In the same way that Lois Lane forgot how warm Superman is, I I kind of forgot how good the movie was. Aww. You know, and uh, <laughs> it's kind of creepy to be honest with you. So <laughs> no, I I agree. I mean, I think that's you know, is it's kind of a refreshing thing to watch. And you, if you go back and watch, and I remember you and Derek, I forgot what episode it was. You guys were talking about this generation's Spielberg, Lucas, um, Brian De Palma, all those types of directors. And I really thought Brian Singer should be, you know, listed. And, and it's not necessarily due to um, everybody saying what a great movie that was, but just right. look at the way he shot it. And, and if you watch Days of Future Past, mm-hmm. you know, just a beautiful film and and you and I talked about this is he could have really taken the out of let's make this a shaky cam moment mm-hmm. and yeah. he didn't you know what I mean yeah but I also I feel like that Singer he he doesn't quite have the consistency of work yet under you know and also because he's notorious from what I understand now this is going a little inside mm-hmm. but he's notorious for delays and being over budget and so i don't feel like he's got it down yet to be able to be you know right to talk about you know with some of the other guys that have come up in his generation right yeah you know, i mean jj J. abrams has figured it out you, yeah. you're fine you sound great okay. yeah yeah jj's got it 
you know, down bad, almost to a science. You know, even even with something like Into Darkness, which you know we both agree is not the greatest. But or do you? Do like we? It? Oh, I'm sorry. I do. I agree that it's not the greatest. I thought you made a comment earlier today about what did Into I say? Darkness. I don't. I forget. But you said something about Into Darkness. No, I. You know what I said? I said they shouldn't have kept it a secret. Right. Right. You know okay. What I mean? okay. If they'd have been up front with everything, I did think you been, like it. Yeah. You liked Into Darkness. I did. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's good. See, man. I I'm, mean, did you not like any I of it? I appreciate you you're a fan of Into yeah. Darkness. Did you not like any of it, or did it, like one part of it ruin the entire thing? I mean, yeah, yeah. Really? Him being con really ruined the whole really, thing. Really? ruined the whole movie? Mm-hmm. Huh. I feel like, and it goes back to my problem with... And this wasn't one of those moments where it was like, you wish Anakin would have been older in Phantom no, no, Menace. No, 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 This was like, you just didn't this want him was, to be con this at was, all. This was me knowing the original series. Uh-huh. And knowing that the first time they met Khan, it wasn't this big plot like this. It was, you know... They met these guys and figured out that they weren't quite the friendliest, and so they had to put them on this other planet. Mm-hmm. There's a reason in the Wrath of Khan, Khan has wrath. Well, you know, the, you know they it, parted respecting each other right, in the original yeah. series, as I recall. But you know, this movie was kind of an amalgamation between Space I, Seed and yeah, Wrath but, of Khan. But I mean, it, not enough. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. It, it but, was it was too much, too fast. You know, and it was, uh, and to me, it was just an obvious ploy to go ahead and get Khan in there in the second one. Um, I would have, I would have loved it if he would have been um, who Derek thought he was going to be, Gary Mitchell. Yeah, Gary Mitchell. Yeah. I would have loved that concept that he was a disgruntled Starfleet guy, you know, of some sort. Um, I didn't, I, you know, and I've gone on record with this as far as though I love the first Star Trek, I didn't like the premise. Of the first, of the, I didn't JJ like the premise first, of the first JJ uh-huh. Star Trek, because I really thought they should have just put it out that there clean and clean reboot. slate, no connections to the other at all. With you know, with Spock Prime coming back and everything, I feel like what you're doing is you're taking a cheap out rather than just a clean reboot. And I really but what, think like what it, did it hurt? Like I don't know. No, now listen. As far as it being, that's what I'm telling you. As as far as it being a movie, and so, I love that movie. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. That was my one big criticism right. of it, though, is I feel like they could have done almost the same thing without that time travel situation. Right. You know? and, and just been like, well, then, you know, when people complain about, well, Vulcan was never destroyed. Well, it was this time. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was in this, you know, it, this is a new Star Trek for a new age. Sorry. I just love that moment when Nero's like, fire everything! Yeah, he's like, you Dude, can see the when, panic when, in his voice when the Enterprise comes out. Yes. Oh my gosh! I mean, I'm telling you, it, it was, was a great moment. That was almost like a. Uh, it was a Star Wars moment. Yeah, or a Battlestar Galactica yes. when they bring the Galactica down on New oh, Caprica. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was amazing, sir. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. So anyhow, I, so, I we say all that to say that I say all that to say I I wasn't big on into darkness and and him being Khan did ruin it and especially that scene at the end where Kirk dies. Right. You know, it's like, well, now you have a real chance again. Not that I didn't like Chris Pine as Captain Kirk. I loved him as Captain Kirk, and I didn't want to see Kirk die. Mm. But you had an opportunity to completely flip everything on its head as far as Star Trek Mm. goes. But they'd already established that his blood would bring someone back to life. And so the minute he dies, it means nothing to me. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, they're going to bring him back to life. Well, if you could cheat death, it's like, what what are the the stakes? But... On the other hand, I mean, I feel like to cheat death is a is a is a skill only one has achieved. There you go. But working together, I'm sure <laughs> that we can find the way. 
<laughs> the universes collide. Uh, no, they don't. <laughs> Someone said. But what me- about that moment? Now, what about that moment? Just while we're still talking about this, what about that moment where Ahura uh, uh, has to stop Spock from beating Khan? I mean, like Star Trek's really known for its character moments. I mean, that's what drives that franchise. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Absolutely, for for better I mean, or for I'm worse. Not, I'm not going mean, to come on. I'm not going to come on here and hate on Star Trek because that that joke got ruined last week after almost a hundred episodes. Right, but I mean, I think you've even said such before is that it was very, it was more cerebral and stuff than Star Wars is. I mean, so, yeah, Star yeah. Wars can be deep. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that Star Wars is a lot more spiritual. Yes, yes. Than, than Star Trek. Yes. Star Trek's a lot more humanistic. But at the same time, Star Trek's a lot more preachy. Yes, in Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, more righteous. Yeah. You know, yeah, self righteous. By yes. the way, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and that's always been one of my things that caused me to enjoy it less than I now, enjoy. Do you, do you think the Abrams universe is? I don't feel like it's no. As I don't think yeah. it's gotten there. No, yeah. no, because there is no Roddenberry influence, right? In it, you know, and and so, and I think that's the key. I think Gene Roddenberry ha- had a very humanist mindset, mm-hmm. and J.J. Abrams and crew, you know, and you're talking about uh, Kurtzman and Orchie and all those mm-hmm. guys. I think they had very much a let's entertain the masses mindset. Right. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I think it was just a it, it was a different Star Trek for a different generation, and I think they should have had the <clears throat> chutzpah, if you will, to go ahead and say, "Oh yeah, this is totally new universe." Yeah. You know, no no time argument. travel. No. Yeah. And so that's that was my only thing with it. But here's what we've just done, Dave. We've had an intelligent conversation yeah. about our differences and haven't used the term "suck." Haven't used the term "you're stupid" for liking. You know, we haven't come at each other. Not vocally, anyway. Yeah, yeah there's been a <laughs> lot of dirty looks across the desk. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. and I think that's the key. And I go back to what Scott was writing. I think that's the key. Yeah. I think the key is, and if someone's not willing to have an intelligent conversation, then just shut them out. You know, and I think that's what celebrate what you enjoy. Enjoy what you enjoy, and if people don't enjoy it, they don't have to. No one has to like what you like. You know. I like boiled peanuts. There are a lot of people who don't. That's fine. Guess what? More boiled peanuts for me. We like grits. I love grits. Guess what? If you don't like them, that's fine. More grits for me, you know? And I think that's I think that's the idea you've got to come at it with. We want to share these things with people. We want people to enjoy it. We want to feel like we're part of a community. I guarantee if you enjoy something, there's someone else out there that enjoys it too, you know? If you enjoyed Ang Lee's Hulk, there's someone out there who enjoys Ang Lee's Hulk right along with you. I have a friend that enjoyed Ang Lee's Hulk more than they enjoyed Incredible Hulk. I do. Wow. You know, yeah. uh, they just like the cerebral aspect sure. of that, you know, and that sort of thing. They like the psychological side of things. Um, but you, so you're not alone. It's just a matter of finding those people, and it's just a matter of having. And this is the hub. This is the this is the hub. The 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 crux of where all that comes together is Geek Out Loud, and that's what I want it to be. This is, you know, this whole thing started because I just wanted a place to talk about the things that I enjoy. With, you know, and if there were like-minded people, so be it. If not, so be it. You know, and I, you know, I had some jokes. It's a safe place to geek out, except for Star Trek and Twilight, which that still holds. That wasn't a joke, but the Star Trek thing. But if you go back in our archives, our archives, there's a Twilight episode in there. Mm. You know, there's there was someone who came on and talked some Twilight. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it's a safe place to geek out. Speaking of that joke, Derek Graves chimes in. He says, hey, Steve, I now feel especially stupid for being the ruiner of the whole Trek joke. <laughs> I did realize that you had some knowledge and and like of Trek because I did pick up on the it was here, number one. And actually, Dave, the whole it was here 
was your first appearance (laughs) on Geek Out Loud back in the day. Uh, He said, I noticed those lines you would drop and mentions of both the original movie and J.J. Burr stuff, so I don't think you were just an uneducated hater. I obviously just didn't pick up on the not a safe place joke. And for that, just let me say, hold on a second, guys. Uh -uh. Because he asked me to cue some music here, so I got to cue the music. Um, He he says, uh, oh my gosh, here we go. Steve, I apologize for ruining a well-crafted and thought-out bit of what is Big Hawk and humor. It's unfortunate that slow people like me have to end what could have been a longer-lasting, dare I say, epic bit that could have entertained the masses for generations to come. So I say to you, my friend, I hope from the deepest part of my geek-loving heart, I'm sorry. Frowny face. Frowny face. Give us a huggy. Give us a huggy. Give us a huggy. Um, no worries, Derek. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. He says, now I appreciate what you said about both having a hard time getting over the hard-hitting moral messages of Next Generation, but I applaud you giving it a shot by trying to watch it on Netflix. I had the same problem with two other franchises that people tried to get me into for the longest time. It took me a couple of years to give Stargate SG-1 a chance, even though I liked the movie and never did the series. When I finally did, I marathoned, if that's a word, and it's apparently not. Thanks, spell check. I loved it, and and thereby watched all ten seasons plus of Stargate, Stargate Atlantis. I'm sorry. And ten seasons plus, all of Stargate Atlantis, and liked it actually a little bit more. The one show, however, I refused to watch up until recently for the fact that with small glimpses that I had of it, uh, I did catch just instantly turned me off was Doctor Who. That's a weird sentence. The one show, however... Derek, I don't want to call you out in public, but since you ruined my joke, I will. You need to learn a little bit about punctuation, a little bit about commas, placage, and, uh, and, and such as. The one show, however... I refused to watch up until recently uh, for the fact of what small glimpses of it that I did catch just instantly turned me off was Doctor Who. Okay, here's how I would write that sentence. The one show I refused to watch until recently was Doctor Who, period. I caught small glimpses of it, but it turned me off instantly. There would be a comma between it and but. So... Anyhow, <laughs> sorry, Derek. Um, you you deserve it. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not a fan at all of British television, and cheesy effects just didn't do it for me. However, after constant prodding from two of my kids, I broke down and forced myself to get through the first season, and I have to say I'm enjoying it. I say all that to say I firmly believe that Trek is the same way. If you can get through the first seasons of most of the series, you'll probably find they're really great television, and as TV should be, entertaining. I'll quit the Trek talk now with this suggestion. Make yourself watch season one of Deep Space Nine. Nope. And I'll bet you'll really enjoy the ongoing story and character development. Dave, you agree with that, don't you? I would probably say I didn't really start liking it. I mean, there were episodes here and there, but I really didn't start liking it until season two. Uh, see? Look, I'm guys, I'm sorry. Now, if, now, wait a minute. You said nope before you even like considered it. No, Have I'm you not. tried to watch it or no? Yes. I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay. I don't like it. 
here's the thing. Here's the thing, all right? How do I want to say this? You want to say space. I shouldn't have to watch till season two. Final Frontier. I shouldn't have to watch till season two of anything to enjoy it. I, I always feel bad when I tell people, yeah, just give it a few episodes. Because I feel like if you're not sucked in within one or two, then you... You should move on. Yeah, just move on. Yeah. You know? You shouldn't have to wait till the second season to get into something. I'm, you know, take Smallville. Unless it's Breaking Bad. Well, listen, I didn't have a hard time with Breaking Bad. I'm just saying. I'm just saying Breaking Bad caught me from the first episode. Sure, but I'm just saying. It really picks up in season <laughs> yeah, two. Yeah, but that's not... But in saying that, you're not saying that season one wasn't good. Not at all. You know? There are so many shows that I've started watching. People are like, oh, just wait till you get to season two. Or just wait till you get midway through season two. I'm like, I've got to go through 20 something episodes to get there you know smallville Mm -hmm. that first season probably one of the weaker seasons of the series because it is so episodic there's not the overarching mythology of the season necessarily right it is kind of formulaic and the freak of the week kind of thing but there you were saying it today there's some really good stuff in that first season and as a whole that first season sets up the rules and the boundaries and everything else for what is to come in that show, and it is a solid show from the first season on. Why is that so much to ask? You know? Star Trek The Next Generation, I watched the entire first season. I'd seen a lot of it before, you know, back in the day when it first originally aired. Trash bag monster killing Tasha Yar, I was like, this is dumb. She was killed by... That's a trash bag! It's a trash bag monster. <laughs> you know? Am I wrong? It's someone dressed in a bunch of glad bags. It was here, number one. <laughs> you know it's true. I do know it's true. <laughs> it's either that or you get the uh, Deanna Troy has a headache episode where she's just like, the pain. <laughs> the anger. The, the frustration. Wait, that's... <laughs> And I will say this about Doctor Who. You know, I watched it, and I wasn't a fan of the cheesy special effects, but I was like, you know, okay. I honestly don't know what kept me watching Doctor Who. Not you. Oh, okay. But I'll tell you when I know I was hooked. It was in that episode with the gas mask children at the end, and I've said this a bazillion times. Doctor Dances. When, when he gets so excited at the end, I got choked up. Because what you saw was the fullness of this character who just loves life, and I was, and, and that was it for me. I was like, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. What, what, what air may come, I'm on board with Doctor Who from this point on. And you know, and but I didn't have, to, but there was still something that caught me from that first episode that kept me coming back for more and more and more. And I don't know what that is. Yeah, because I go back and watch it, I'm like, mm, yeah, no, 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 you know. Um, but I think, also, it, I think it's Eccleston. But go ahead. I do. I mean, I do think it's Eccleston. I was really intrigued. I honestly, yeah, I think it was that character. The Doctor so intrigued me by that second episode when they're on that ship at the end of the world, and he just goes from being the most tender, compassionate, understanding to the most harsh, 
brutal to the most tortured. So you, it was just really engaging and intriguing. I'm like, mm-hmm. I got to see more. Now, the good thing about that show is as it moves on from Eccleston, the, the effects and stuff get way better. They do, yeah. Mm-hmm. They get a lot better and the character gets more fleshed out. But I think one of the always one of the cool things about the Doctor was always that as good as he was, he was always had this little bit of danger in him. This, yeah. You know, even yeah. back in the old days. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you could you want to talk about cheesy effects. Oh yeah. But yeah. the stories were just There was some weird bubbly monster that I saw <laughs> in one of those things. Coming out of a cave. You name right it, out. man. You name it, they had it. Um, at one point, they even put Vaseline on the lens of the camera to make it look like the world was foggy or something. Well, didn't they do that for Star Wars to, to blur out the wheels on the land speeder? Did they really? I think they did. They may back have. In the That's day. cool. Something like it. But yeah. anyhow, um, Derek goes on to say, sorry for the long email, but before I go, I have a question for you. Being a child of the 70s and 80s, I would love to see a live-action movie of some of my favorite cartoons uh, that are special effects of what they are. My top three tunes I'd love to see are Gigantor, Star Blazers, and Thundercats. I hold out hope in a day and age when we've had Speed Racer and Yogi Bear and Josie and the Pussycat, Pussycats and an upcoming Jim and the Holograms that my favorites will hit the big screen too. What would you like to see transformed, no pun intended, into live-action blockbusters? Uh, Thundercats would be a good one. Captain Planet. No, come on, be for real. Be real. I'd love, I'd love to see an epic Masters of the Universe. Yes, you know, definitely. I would love to see He-Man and the Masters of the Universe done up. Uh, you know, Don't worry about bringing him to Earth. Full-on Eternia. Full-on Skeletor. Oh, my gosh. I would wait until about episode... I, I would plan a trilogy or two. Yes. And wait until about the second movie to bring in She-Ra and Hordak and all that crew. And just, oh, my gosh. I think it could be great. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think you even go back to the the original cartoon. I mean, there are some... I bought a box set one time. It was like the top 10 mm-hmm. fan-picked episodes. Yeah, yeah. And J. Michael Straczynski wrote some of them. Yeah. I think Paul, Paul Dini, Dini yeah, I mean, was involved in that stuff. I, I think it's okay to go back to some of the source material. Yeah, yeah. Some of it. Some yeah, of some it, of it, know. yeah. Well, there's definitely a mythology that's there in the Masters of the Universe stuff that you see... Uh, that cartoon that came out like in 2002, 2003, was it? Mm-hmm. Super. Yeah. My gosh. I, I don't know. The new Thundercats cartoon that came out a few years back. Yeah, what so happened good. to that? It was I so good. I think it didn't get the ratings. I don't think it got it the ratings. It was really good. It yeah. was really good. There was an episode, um, and I don't want to go too much into this, but there was an episode where they, the whole thing was they were traveling to try to get to Mumra, right? Cause yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, they were trying to find... Uh, they had the Sword of Omens, yes. which has one kind of stone of some sort. They were trying to find. They were trying to find the other stone. Yeah, so they they came across this world where it was like these little plant people, mm-hmm. and the whole episode they're hanging out with these people, and then at the end one of them's dying, and it's because they don't live that long. You know, they're like they have insect lifespans. But it's like he's like you taught me so much throughout my whole life, mm-hmm. and it was just it just it like brought crazy. a tear to my yeah. eye. Yeah, I mean, was, yeah, and you didn't end up with naked Thundercats like you did in the eighties in that <laughs> opening. That was weird. Or wearing like boxers or uh, no, briefs. No, barely, the, barely, yeah. if that. It was weird. Yeah, very strange. It's a good cartoon though. It was all right. Yeah, it was okay. Um, I was never big into Thundercats back in the day, uh, but I would love to see that movie done. I'd love to see a Voltron movie done right. Ultron you know, would be great. Uh, that's a that's a show that had this weird mythology with it, but the Americanized version, I think, got watered down right. for American audiences, from what I understand. 
Not that I'm big into anime and that sort of thing, but that whole idea of Voltron just captured my imagination. It's on, that on this planet, years and years ago, someone created the, the indestructible robot that could defend the universe yeah. if piloted by the right people. And so I, lo- I like that idea. Did you have that toy as a kid? No. I did, dude. Did you? The lines? All the little pieces that would like click together and make Voltron. Yeah, yeah. The lions or the cars? The lions. Yeah. Did and you have the sword with it? Form blazing sword. It was epic. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I uh, those are those are some. I'd love to see a, a well done uh, He Man. Yeah. Movie. So. Definitely. Uh, Kyle chimes in. He says, "Dear Steve, uh, it's Sicatro Visago from the famous Zoo Crew." Just thought I'd send an email into the show expressing a brief summary of my geekdom. Well, firstly, my name is Kyle, and I live in the small town of Elmira down in Canada, or up in Canada from here. I'm a huge Star Wars fan. You're hitting your wall, aren't you, Dave? Just by the way, you're hitting your wall, aren't you? No, 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 You've no. You've been no. up since like 4.30 this morning. I have, but I'm not okay. you're hitting your wall. It's okay. I, I see you going down. No, no, I, I was fading. listening to it's you. It's fine. Um, he says, unlike most Star Wars fans, I don't have a favorite movie or a movie I dislike the most because, in my opinion... They're all one big movie telling a very thrilling story about a father and son and the paths they took and the mistakes they made and the actions they took to redeem themselves, even if they did slaughter younglings. Well, one of them did. I'm also a huge fan of the Dave Filoni Clone Wars TV show Mm -hmm. and only have dislike for one episode, Corruption. Otherwise, the series was awesome. Too bad it was canceled. I'm also very much looking forward to the Star Wars Rebels series coming back. My favorite characters in all of Star Wars would have to be Imbo, Cad Bane, Chewbacca, Hondo Anaka, and of course Sakatro Visago. I'm leaving. Who is Sakatro Visago? Don't. Is he in the chat? Kyle, are you in the chat right now? Kyle, everyone's left the chat. It's so late. Have they really? Yeah. Well, because it's late. It's a late night thing, and I've not been interacting with the chat like I do um, normally for the Big Honkin' Show. Hmm. No. No. It's not the it's not Ninja. It's not Luke. It's uh it's Kyle. Okay. I don't know who's Satakro Vizago. I wish you had your computer, your phone out. Let me Google that for you. Uh let's see what we got here. It did not match any searches. Maybe I spelled it wrong. Sicatro Vizago. I don't think Oh, I spelled Satakro, not Sicatro. <laughs> oh rats. Now I've, now I've messed up. Let me Google that for you. Sicatro Visago. Here we go. First image of Rebels, Sicatro Visago. He's someone in Rebels? He's a Deveronian crime boss who operates on Lothal. 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 <laughs> of the hill people. <laughs> You know what a Deveronian is? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, wow. So he already likes this character. He already likes this character. Interesting. That's crazy. Now, um, the thing about the father and son, Steve, and, and I agree with him, that's what those stories are about. How do you think that's going to carry over into 7, 8, and 9? Um, are they going to continue the Skywalker story as the central core of the story? Or are we going to see a shift into a more... Larger world. Well, have you seen the trailer? The new trailer that's out? For what? For Rebels. No, no, I was talking 7, 8, and 9. Oh, I'm sorry. I got confused. <laughs> I was 
I was talking to someone in the chat here. No, for no, a I just meant. Did you do you think the Skywalker story will continue in the movies? Like it, like we had the father and then the son, and so will it be Luke's son this time? Oh, you, I thought you were gonna say, will it be the Holy, the Holy Ghost? Spirit. Will it be Yoda, <laughs> the Holy Ghost? Holy Ghost, I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I I don't really know what to expect from Episode Seven, Eight, and Nine. Yeah, I'm. I, I mean, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I no, just, and I, I think that's interested. one of the things. I think that's one of the things that I'm really enjoying about that is is I don't really know what to think about it right right now. You know, I just know that confirmed. There's an X-wing that is an update. You know, that's a newer looking version of an X-wing. There's a mouse droid and um, Millennium Falcon. Millennium Falcon. Yeah, so. somebody with a robe on. Yeah, that maybe shouldn't have been captured on camera. But was. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Anyhow. Anyway. Um, he says, I'm leaving quite a few characters out, but that's just a few. But I digress. I don't mean to ramble. And feel free not to read this email on your show. Well, I wish I, you, I wish you'd put that at the top. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. I know your time can be limited at times, and I don't want to delay or ruin anything you have planned for the show. No, you're helping the show, sir. But lastly, I would like to express how much of an impact you've had on me. Well, I don't want to get into all this. So, um, I appreciate it, man. And I, and, and Kyle, I'm, I'm, Keep a smile on your face, my friend, and uh, and keep joining us with the Zoo Crew. Uh, you'll, I think you'll find a group of people that really enjoy having you around. You'll find a true safe place to geek out, sir. So glad to have you around. Definitely. I like. I hope I'm entertaining. I like to put people. I uh, think you are. I think it's my fault. Everybody loves to chat. So Matthew Mark sends in an email. He says I was totally on board with your rant about the wielder of Mjolnir not being Thor. Until I read this issue of the Mighty Thor found in a collection of 90s Guardian of the Galaxy issues. It's in the future. And some guy that is worthy picks up the hammer and exclaims, I am Thor. So apparently there's precedent for this. I didn't set out to disprove you. I just happened upon this comic. Well, first off, this is not a precedent. First off, this story takes place far into the future. So think about that for one thing. Then look at the guy and look what happens... um, when he picks up the hammer, he is literally transformed into a Thor-looking person. He already kind of looks like Thor. Uh, I don't know what happened continuing on past this. I don't know if this guy ended up finding out that he actually is Thor or or what it was. But this is in the far-flung future of the time of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'd have to... He sent me one story... And I'd have to check it all out and, and check out the character and that sort of thing. So I'm not sure. I'm going to say Matthew Marks, great grab, but not a precedent. Not yet. So Very good. So, uh, But it's a good grab. Good grab from the 90s Guardian stuff. So proud of you, buddy. Proud of you. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good work, Matthew. I don't know why I'm whispering right now. Will West chimes in and says, with just the, uh, the, the subject line is the Star War. Nice, dude. Yeah, the Star War. <laughs> I've got several. I got a bunch of Star War up in here, up in this room. <laughs> Look at this Star War right here. That's Lando Calrissian dressed up like a. <laughs> that's a cool Star War. I got two. That's Lando. <laughs> Look, yeah, dressed up in the in the in the palace guard okay. thing. Yeah, his helmet comes off. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at this Star War right here. This is R two D two, and his scope goes yes, up. Yes, sir. Yeah. I never had this one. That's nice. I never had this one as a kid. I always wanted it, but I never had it. And thank you to uh, to Daniel Andy for it. it. means a lot to me. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, Daniel. Daniel. Yeah, get it right. All right. Yeah. Brian. Anyhow, this comes from Real West. He says, hello there, Steve. Hello there. 
In light of Episode 7, I've realized that my nearest and dearest friend has not seen all the Star Wars movies. She she has a vague, and I mean vague, familiarity with the original trilogy. Well, first off, Will West. Is this your nearest and dearest friend, or is this someone you want to be your girlfriend? Ooh! <laughs> Late night. Star Wars on the couch. Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars with a girl that I really want to call my girlfriend. She we watched. <laughs> we watched four, five, and six. And yeah. then we went back and watched one, two, three, and Clone Wars. Yeah. Um. He says I already have plans to go to Episode Seven with her. Come on, Will. Just go ahead and pop the question. Just go ahead and put the ring on her finger. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Um. <laughs> Um, he says, what a horrible fan friend and human being I would be if I didn't first take her one through six. So my question is this, in case if you were in my shoes, what order would you show the movies in? I've myself, of course, watched them in every way imaginable, ranging from chronologically one to six to release four to six and one to three, and even the unearthed on Rebel Force radio method of four, five, one, two, three, six. Well, Drew McWeeny, uh, from hitfix.com came up with that method great great method of watching i think it really makes a lot of sense and is a fun way to do it since this is going to lead up to episode seven chronologically it would probably make the most sense but i did want to hear your two cents on the matter some of this some may think i'm making a big deal on this but this is a big deal seeing the star war for the first time i mean come on life changing and also he's it's a joke dave okay he's being funny because me and Derek talked about see that star war over there Ah, one? Yeah, I see. Derek got me a Star War for my birthday. So, anyhow. I didn't get you anything. That's fine, Dave. You got me your friendship. And that's more oh, That's more than... That's awesome. you, you can't put a value on that. So... I got your friendship. Yeah. Right. We're still in that bit. And I said I didn't want to steal someone else's <laughs> bit, even though I do enjoy it. Um, What order do you say watch me and Dave? Uh, I'd say one through six. I mean, at this day and age, you know, most people I'd say know that Darth Vader is Luke's father. Spoiler alert! Come yeah, on! I know, I know. Come on, Dave! Spoiler alert, <laughs> man! Come on! Why would you do that? These hundred tacos will fulfill my Doctor Who marathon. Jeez, man! Come on! Come on! So anyhow, so I think one through six is good. I mean, I think that's fine. I'm, you know. Um, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone that I've introduced them to since the prequels have come out, I've done one through six. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I I think that it's a harder sell. I think four is a harder sell than a lot of people think. I agree. You know, and um, and you'll be surprised, especially with a lady, how easy a sell one through three is. Absolutely. So, um, you know, and you might not like some of the things she enjoys about it. So get ready for that. Y'all ready for this? Anyhow. And that's real wet. So we'll enjoy watching the Star War with your future girlfriend. Woo S. Kim. Woo! Chimes in. He says, uh, Dear Geek Out Loud, I want to apologize to everyone. My wheelchair is being fixed, which is why I'm not in the chat at the time of recording. But Woo is here, ladies and gentlemen. Woo made it. Woo made it. 
He says, um, <clears throat> he says, uh, in your point of view, other than Stan Lee and his core group of people, who do you think has had the biggest impact on Marvel in terms of writing Brian Michael Bendis? Does he follow Stan Lee in terms of writing over all the characters? Sure, the gap is wide between Bendis and Lee in terms of impact, quality, and legacy. But is Bendis the closest to Lee in terms of his legacy at Marvel? And if it's not him, who is it in your view? Do you have a Do you have an opinion on this? I mean, I really just think I don't know. Hmm. Brian Michael Bendis is probably the correct answer. I would probably throw Claremont in there at some point, but he really just worked on X Men. Yeah, give your give the end of your microphone a jiggle there. Get that plugged in a little bit better. Hello. There you go. Um, it came it came loose apparently. All right. So sorry about that. That's great. It's good stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, Brian Michael Bendis is very hands on and everything. I would say Joe Casada, uh huh, probably has more of an impact than Brian Michael Bendis because Joe Casada bought Brian Michael business in business, 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 business. Oh, Brian Michael Bendis, Kevin Feige, business. So Kevin I mean, Feige has been good. Um. I mean, maybe not in comics, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, but if you're talking comics, like, I remember when Joe Quesada took over sure. as editor-in-chief. I remember that. And I remember what he did for that company in turning well, it around. It was almost bankrupt, wasn't it? It was bankrupt. They yeah. were filing for bankruptcy. But, um, but I remember what he did for the comic side of things. He got very creative. He was very honest about what had and had not worked in the past. And he actually came in and trimmed things down. Um across the board so they could rebuild and uh and and joe casada was a visionary and and did a lot for marvel um unlike dan didio in terms of creativity um you know there's been so many since stan lee though because you know when you talk stan lee you're not just talking stan lee you got to talk about jack kirby you got to talk about steve ditko Later on, you got to talk about people like Sal Buscema. You got to talk about people um, like uh, even John Byrne, you know, who, Lynn Ween, Lynn Ween, Chris, Chris Claremont. I think Chris Claremont is second to Stan Lee in a lot of ways. Peter David, Peter David, huge. I think Chris Claremont even a little bit bigger than Peter David as far as the Probably. impact he had. I mean, he's the reason the X Men became what they were yeah. for so many people, you know. So. Um, you know, obviously, it's always a collaborative effort. No one would ever say, "Hey, look at me, look how good I've done at Marvel." But, um, but I think that I think that before you get to Bendis, there's a there's a line of people there that were as impactful in many ways as sure. Stan Lee, and I think that Joe Casada, um, has has um has some of that cred. Definitely, definitely, yeah. He had a vision. He worked towards it, and some would say he succeeded it. So. I mean, I think that's, uh, he's your guy. I mean, Brian Michael Bendis has put out a lot of work. So from, you know, sheer amount of work, I'd probably say he's got everybody beat in the modern <clears throat> age, but, uh, yeah, but you know what? Um, you, you've also got to take a J. Michael Straczynski into, in, into account there with some of the stuff he did back in the two thousands. You gotta, you know, it's, it's, it's structured a lot differently now. So it's a whole different game. It's a whole different game. Um, he says, did you read Jeff Johns' Avengers run, and is it anything like what Johns has done with DC 
Justice League. I have not. I have not either. No. Uh, did you enjoy Why or Why Not? Haven't read it. I don't mind spoilers. I, it's okay. I, ha- I won't spoil it. I haven't read it. <laughs> 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 Lastly, do you think if Black Panther is adapted to live action, which is a good possibility, do you think his costume is too much like Batman? I realize that the characters are very different. How much, if any, should they change the costume? What is your background with the Black Panther? Thanks, Steve. Do you have any 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 background with the with the Black Panther, Dave? I do not. No, I mean, uh, you know, I he's got a, stuck on that word. Anybody? He's an interesting character. Um, See, I disagree. Okay. Uh, you went out on me there, Dave. Oh, my well, yeah, you're back. So I don't. Uh, you know, for me, his costume being too different. You know, you, there's things you could tweak when you're uh, doing a live action film. Um, but in the end, you know, you got to have the same uh, basic mold as what he has in the comics, and I think that's you know very important uh, to people. Now, the key would be to market this movie for a character who you know has some traction with the fan base, but not you know he's not a huge name. Uh, much like I'm interested to see how they're going to market Ant Man and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it can be done, and I think you know. Given the right story, it might end up being one of the better Marvel movies. Who knows? Do you think his costume is too close to Batman? I mean, in the in the comics, it could be drawn that way for a reason. I don't know. I disagree. I've never in my life looked at Black Panther and thought of Batman. Never. Um, you know, I, it, they're easily distinguishable. Yeah, he's just saying for for like a live action. No, I don't deal. think so. I don't think so because he has one of those masks that cover his whole face, a la Spider Man. He doesn't really have a cape. He used to have kind of a short cape, mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily part of his attire. Um, there's no big yellow target on his chest, and it's black. It's not. It's not been multiple colors. It hasn't been gray one this one time, black this other time, blue trim. You know, it's always just this black panther. Yeah. Um, and also uh, the the story. I don't. I don't think the costume will confuse anybody because the story is so much different. Yeah. I mean, I think. I think. Like I said, I think you got to have the right story for such a thing. Yeah. In the marketing, you know. I agree. I agree. I think it'd be difficult, but it could be done. Two more, Dave. Two more. Tyler Cardwell chimes in. He says, hey, thanks for reading my wars question last week. This week I figured I'd cover all the bases. Here it goes. Now that Star Trek has accepted on goal. See what you all did? See what you all did? I, I, You know what? You're about to reach 100. I think it's time to embrace the Trek. I think it's time to put a clamp down on Trek again. I'm done. I'm done. What? What episode? After this episode, I'm done with You're Star crazy, Trek. crazy, man. There's been way too much Star Trek talk in this what episode. What are you talking about? We spent 45 minutes talking this about Star Trek. This is 98 episodes of like pent-up aggression these people have had. Whatever, Dave. I'm just saying. No one's listened to all these. I have. Well, you're the you're the one. <laughs> Me and Woo. Yeah, you and Woo. Not even Woo. Woo didn't know me till I came on Starkville, House of Ale. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, that's, that, that uh, Smallville that podcast. Smallville podcast, okay. yeah. Uh, he says, now that Star Trek has accepted on goal, I would like to see how you rate each TV series. My order is, one, Deep Space Nine, two, Next Generation, three, the original series, four, Enterprise, and five, Voyager. He puts Enterprise above Voyager. Get ready for your mind to be blown, Steve. Each show has their highs and lows, but most, but is mostly enjoyable to watch. Your turn, Dave. Um, mine is original series, uh, Enterprise, 
Next Gen, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. Whoa, 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 whoa. You put Enterprise over Next Gen? I gotta be honest, dude. I, I am a huge Enterprise fan. It's a long road. Is that the one that the, wasn't that the theme of that? Here. Yeah. I only watched like one or two episodes of it. I didn't care for it that much. And not like everyone else. It's just stupid. I just, I didn't get into it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely an acquired taste. But I'm not a Trekker or a Trekkie. Apparently you are. I just like Star Trek. Um, but the original series for me is really above everything. I mean, is it? It really is. Yeah. It's just got that... It's got that uh, sense of exploration to it that mm-hmm. maybe the others don't. I'll be honest with you. I'm more familiar with the movies than I am the TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so would you want to rank your, rank your movies? Now, you already said First Contact was the best. Did you say that was the best one? Or did you say I think, that was the best? I think you've got to take them separately. I yeah. think you've got to take uh, the first six by themselves. Yes. And then, and then the next-gen films by themselves. And then the J.J. stuff by itself. Now, how did you feel about Cameron from uh, Ferris Bueller being an, a captain of uh, the Enterprise and Generations? I was fine with me. I, okay. was, I was fine with All that. Right. Um, I thought it was a little weird for me. I'm gonna be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, not me. I, I couldn't I, get past that, it. Yeah, I, I didn't even pay attention to the fact that it was Cameron. Like, in in fact, I don't think it it clicked with me until you just mentioned. <laughs> it. I just ruined it for you. No, no, no. Because I don't make an hour, I don't think an actor should stay right where they're at. No, know? I'm not saying he should. I just well, kinda, I think it was you just, do. I he's think... real recognizable as Cameron from Ferris well, Bueller. Uh, Patrick Stewart is real recognizable as Jean Luc Picard, but he's Professor X. Wolverine. <laughs> Logan. Eric. Yeah, Eric. Please, Eric. Don't do this. Um. Such a good movie. I, you know, I would say I'm not. I've seen. I haven't seen maybe but three episodes of the original series. Wow. Yeah. If that, like, I can't tell you anything about. Is the it because you series. think it's boring? Is that what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I, I can't get into it. I just yeah. can't get into it. Um, next generation to me is real hit or miss there's some that are so good and Mm -hmm. then some that i'm just like why am i watching picard play a flute um then it's true it's true he plays that flute like he's some kind of little pied piper i mean put on your tights wait a minute did you actually see the episode in her life put on your little tights and your pixie boots oh my gosh um (laughs) what about q though that's a good villain is he do you know at one point he's whistling the theme song of the show? Yes. So it's almost like he knew it was the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, Voyager, we've talked about. I, I've seen a lot of Voyager, not all of it. Um, I love that finale. I love the Voyager finale. Yeah. And you have to say it's the best. It's the best. It is. Around. It's better It's better than the Nothing's Enterprise going. finale where it's like, oh, Fat Riker and Deanna Troy are watching... <laughs> He ah! is Fat Riker. He is so oh, fat in that. But, man. but it's better than them watching, like, on the... You find out it's a whole holodeck thing. It's like, oh, come on. It was That was very meta, man. I thought it was, like... It was so I vague. I watching the show. It was so vague as to what's going on. Yeah, no. I, I like this drink. Another. Yeah. No, I didn't I didn't like the finale of Enterprise. I will yeah. say that. Um, I did like the finale of uh, Next Gen. I thought that was really well done. Um, I didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, man. I didn't like it. Primordial soup. It was here, number one. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it. It was here! I'm telling you, it was here! Um, 
It was nice for him to sit down and play the cards with him. And yeah. Everything. yeah. It's a nice mm-hmm. character piece. Um, and I don't know that I've, I've seen one or two episodes of Deep Space Nine and I just don't like it. I don't like Odo. I don't like that whole... I don't like them just being stuck on a on a space station, you know. Sorry to hear that. Star Trek is about a trek through the stars, not this about is just a section not about, of Star Trek. Let's hang out here by this wormhole. It's happening concurrently with the next. Let's gen. hang out here by this wormhole, and I'll play some jazz, and I'll go crazy once. What this... about Chief O'Brien? He's awesome. Chief O'Brien. Every time I see him, I can only think of the jerk in Con Air. <laughs> he played the jerk in Con Air. <laughs> With the license plate right, on his car, yeah, right, yeah. But his movies, the movies, I, I don't know. Like I, again, I think you got to take them all into separate doses. Now, did you say you hadn't seen Nemesis? I have seen Nemesis, but I couldn't remember. I've only okay. seen like once, and I couldn't remember the title. I don't like that they killed Data. I feel why? Like, I feel like that was too. Um, there's a lot I don't like about that movie. I don't like they killed Data. Well, there's two things I don't like about that movie. I don't like they killed Data, and I don't like that they didn't bring Will Wheaton back to be Wesley. He's in a deleted scene. In a deleted scene. They, he should have been in the whole movie. Yeah, but didn't he like disappear with somebody that was like a god or something before no, the series was over? No, no. Yeah, he did. No. He did. I no. swear. I swear, no. dude. No. He just went to, he no, went no, to no, Star no. Trek Academy. You remember like the third episode where they went like way far into the universe where yeah. nobody had ever been, and they met that, they met that guy? And he was like, "You're you're gonna be great, Wesley Crusher, or whatever." You are great. This guy ended up coming back, and Wesley Crusher left with him. Really? I swear it happened. Ask well, somebody. Ask I Wu. I bet Wu knows. I think that's done. Well, there's a lot of chat going on right now that I've been ignoring. So. <laughs> Alien called the Traveler. Yes. Okay. Don't yell, man. Oh. Yes. Uh, met that guy and did that thing. <laughs> um. Okay, I didn't know that, but I wish Will Wheaton would have been back for Sorry. Nemesis for more than just a deleted scene. I feel like, I feel like when they went in knowing that this was going to be their last one. Did they know this? Mm-hmm. I don't think they did. I read stuff way before as it was. I in heard production. things. I heard things. That's what I'm telling you. I heard things. I heard things. Heard things. Um. Yeah, Nemesis promise. I just didn't like the killed data. What about the last forty-five minutes, or like last twenty-five minutes is nothing but battle. Yeah, I mean I'm cool with that, yeah. but I don't like that data died. But he didn't really die. They had the other data. But that's not data. Why not? Because he doesn't have the memories and everything. Mm, you did know? you read um, Countdown to? Why would Star I? Trek? Why would I have read any of that crap? Data was in charge of the Enterprise. Okay, good before, for him. Uh, before uh, Nero went back in time and messed everything up. Oh, yeah? Well, good for him. Yes, sir. Why would I read any of that crap? I don't know. Exactly. Um, Listen at you. This is the dark side of you want to You want to hear what I have read? <laughs> I bet I'm going to. Um, not, not with that attitude. <laughs> no, there was, a, uh, there was a crossover. Doctor Who, right? No, no, no. You, oh. Your mic's popping out and out again. I t- well, push your little thing in there at the end of the microphone. Right. And uh, just make sure it stays secure and steady. All right. Um, or you can even switch out mics and cords and such as if you want to. Just It's up to you, Dave. Make yourself comfortable. Okay, Dave's gone. Uh, while you're switching out mics and cords and such as, 
I will uh, tell you what I read. There was a there was a crossover that went from the original series to Next Generation through Deep Space Nine on into Voyager. This was back in the mid '90s, and I read it because it was a crossover. I read um, it starts in the original series, and there are these things that attack the Enterprise, and they're just completely doing a number on them and no one knows why no one can tell what they are what's going on and um and then the next generation crew ends up running into them and uh and of course deep space nine because it happens concurrently but then uh the voice a comic no comic? this was novels oh, okay i've wasted my time reading novels i hear you and then the voyager crew ran into them in in the delta quadrant or wherever they were um, and had to destroy them from there, all on their own. Uh, so it was it was well, a neat. You sound like you're getting choked up. Was it? No, I just can't oh, remember okay. everything about it. <laughs> and then I read uh, like the sequel to Generations. Yes, where where Spock, where they try to assimilate Spock, and they realize he's already been assimilated because they stole Kirk's body. The Borg did. Do you remember wow. that? Was that called Ashes of Eden yeah, or yeah, some yeah, such? Yeah. And they go to try to um, assimilate Spock, and they're like, he's already been assimilated. And it's because he mind-melded with V'ger back in the day. Right, yeah. And V'ger is really yes. the origination of the Borg, which means humanity is the reason for the Borg, which is just a whole mind trip. Mind blown. Yeah, yeah. And I read the Doctor Who Star Trek Next Generation crossover, and that was some good stuff. It was good? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Assimilation. It was fun. It was fun. Um. Anyhow, back to movies. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite Star Trek movie? Favorite of all time of the original series of the original series version. What's so your the first six? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's either six. Oh, the undiscovered country. I really, I really like Star Trek motion picture. <laughs> Why? I really do. I Why? don't know. I don't know if it was because. One Christmas, I was decorating the tree, and I said, "Joy, you want to watch a Star Star Trek movie?" And I put in the motion picture, and we both like stopped decorating the tree and we're just watching it. This is totally weird. I Joy know. and Joy is his wife, ladies. And she gentlemen. is, yes, yes. Believe it or not, mm. um, but I really think it's probably six. Yeah, I mean, six to me just had such a great story. The idea that Kirk was like in prison. On this Klingon prison planet, I mean, all of that was just really epic and good. Yeah. And so, I um, I I, we've talked about that. I love, I like three more than I like two. Uh-huh. I like two more than I like one. I like five less than I like two, but more than I like one. What does God need? What a starship! I like six more than I like three, but. Star Trek Four is just the best Star Trek movie of all time. Of all of them, by the way. Wow. Uh, double dumbass on you. I love it. I love <laughs> that whole... I love that movie. It's so much fun. Yes. It's so cool. Um, of the next generation, I think First Contact is definitely the best. Yes. Um, I agree with you. And yeah. that's... Yeah, the J.J. verse. That's I, like, that. I like the J.J. Abrams' first one. I like them both. So... I mean, you know, the second one is what it is. I'm not like, oh my god, this is terrible. But I do feel like they were trying to shoehorn in way too much. I feel like it was. Well, I will say this: they didn't need to bring in Spock, old Spock. 
I'm just talking about in the dark. Oh, but you see, know, that's that, the thing. That was just... If we ever go through anything, I can just Skype with Spock and he'll tell me, <laughs> he'll tell me what's wrong. You know, he'll tell me. How to, well, I mean, that's what they did. I'd rather hear Shelton talk to Little Spock. Mm hmm. <laughs> to the Mego Spock. What is it, Little Spock? Yeah, to the Mego Spock. Exactly. Um. All right. Uh, and finally, Joshua Harris chimes in. Joshua says. I just started listening to Geek Out Loud, and so far I really enjoy everything I've heard. Well, welcome to this episode, Josh. <laughs> I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I first heard you on RFR. Your quick-witted Star Wars humor, birthed from an unmistakable kindred love of all things Star Wars, made it clear I needed to listen to your show. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that, because I tell you what, Star Wars, as far as geekdom goes, is my first love. And I could stay up all night talking Star Wars. Let's do it. No. I wanted to ask if you'd seen the Lego movie, and if so, what did you think? David, I have you... not seen it, no. Everything is awesome! <laughs> I heard Batman plays a huge role. Oh, he does. And Will Arnett, best Batman ever. Um, Better than Kevin Connors? Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. Holy mackerel. Yeah. Stop the presses. It's, a, it's, just, it's a whole different yeah, Batman yeah, yeah. than you ever used to see. Um I just watched it last weekend with the group I was with down there. We had a movie night and watched That's the Lego awesome. movie. Yeah. And it is so good. It's so much fun. Yeah, I want to watch I it. I want to own it. I've yeah. got to I've got to save up my pennies so I can own that movie. That's how good it is. Was it as good as like the Star Wars Lego movie? So movies? much better. It's better than that. So much better. It does get a little weird at the end. Um toward the end, but it's so good. Yeah. So good. So much fun. And and that song that I just sang is like throughout the whole thing. It's like the song. Everything is awesome. Um, and so, yeah, so I've just seen it. Uh, he said, I've been playing with Lego since my earliest childhood memories, and I was so happy with the movie. There's actually a part in the movie where uh, there's a Lego set that they show that I had as a kid. Nice. Like the space, not Star Wars Legos, mind right, you, right. but space, Lego space. And... Um, yeah, good stuff. That's pretty awesome. It was neat. I was like, I had that! Yeah. Yeah, so anyhow. Um, I think Liam Neeson is one of the best actors, and Chris Pratt is becoming one of my favorites. I can't wait to see him in Star Wars and eventually in Jurassic Park 4. I had a couple of comments about the last few episodes I heard. First off, regarding the Saturday morning cartoons, I just want to say it wouldn't be a Saturday morning for me without Tom and Jerry. There's something about a cat running through a fence and getting turned into cubes that never gets old. You know, when you say it like that, you really realize how violent that stuff That's was. really violent. Some of my other favorites include The Clone Wars, Batman, The Animated Series, G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, and The Legend of Korra. Did you watch Avatar the last year, Bender? Airbender? Uh, <clears throat> the, the cartoon series? May, may I suggest that? Yeah. If you can, if you can get sure, your hands on sure. it. I would, I would enjoy it. I would suggest And I haven't been able to watch Legend of Korra like I wanted to, which is the follow-up a few generations okay. down. Um. I like the rock out loud I've heard, and your story about seeing Def Leppard concert really made me laugh. Well, I'm glad. I hope I make people laugh. Sometimes I feel like I'm not funny like I need to be, and so I'm really hoping that people laugh when I'm funny or when I try to be funny. Just get a laugh track, and every time yeah, you... Yeah, just hit that. Just hit it. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. Epic. I think I've got a laugh track. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Do it. Just do it, man. Do it. Hey, um, now, let me just talk about this concert real quick. Mm-hmm. Did Kiss play Black Diamond? No. They did not play Black Diamond. That's my favorite Kiss song well, of all time. They, they didn't play Dr. Love either. Oh, man. They did play Lick It Up. Yeah, that's pretty good. Lick It Up! 
Lick it up. Play Love Gun? Well, yeah. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my personal favorite cover songs is Holy Diver, originally by Dio and covered by Killswitch and Yes. In my opinion, it's better than the original version, the subject, uh-huh. and the subject matter works really well for a hard rock metal arrangement. Atreyu does a good cover of Epic by Faith No More that I enjoy. You, is that you want it all, but you can't have it? Yeah. I was very flat there, by the way. Sorry, man. No, that's me. I I'm was dying. Flat. I was flat. In the land of, no, that's, I'm a loser, baby. I was about to go, in the land of chimpanzees, <laughs> I, I was, was a monkey. monkey. Um... <laughs> I don't always like it when a rock or screamo band covers pop songs, but Christian alt rockers "Kids in the Way" covered "Head Over Heels" by Tears for Fears. Good And song, I think it sounds man. so natural when played with a little more gusto than it was originally written. I'll have to check that out because I absolutely love that song. It's mm-hmm. a great song. I find it interesting to hear which Disney movies different people hold most dear. Personally, for me, there are only two movies that come to mind when I think of Disney classics. The greatest, most epic animated drama of all time is *The Lion King*. The visuals are stunning, and the soundtrack is total perfection. Hans Zimmer and Elton John teamed up to make one of the most powerful and moving soundtracks ever, besides for the wars, of course. Who would have thought that Hamlet could work so well in the talking animal genre? The same person who said Jeremy Irons singing would be spectacular. That's who. That's good. (laughs) That's a Joshua. Well played, sir. (laughs) I don't think any animated movie will ever be as funny as The Emperor's New Groove. Every line of that film cracks me up. I know you like Patrick Warburton, and every time I hear his voice, I always think of Kronk. I've noticed that the emails you read on your show always end with an apology, so I'll follow suit by saying that I'm sorry I mashed up all my Gulliver's thoughts into one message. I will not, however, apologize for the length of this email. Wow. Thank you, Joshua, for not apologizing for the length of your email. Hope all things are well with you, and wish you much luck in achieving outstanding podcast status soon. Well, I've still got to get from mediocre to good. May have taken a step back tonight. Meow, 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 meow. (laughs) Yeah, meow, meow, meow. I didn't see any uh, Mark Out Loud comments Listener, No, no. He's not a fan of the he's not a fan of the wrestling, apparently. <laughs> Listener from Iowa, and that's Joshua. So Joshua, thanks so much, man. Hope things are uh going well up there in Iowa. Oh my Lanta. All right, I'm not gonna read this one. Drew P just sent in an email while we were reading all these, but I'm not gonna get it. Oh my gosh, several people. Um, Tell them to call. Yeah, yeah, have have emailed since we started. So I'm going to save those for episode 100 and uh, just say thanks for emailing. You can email us at geekoutonline at gmail.com. Geekoutonline at gmail.com. Go straight to the Geek Out Loud email address. Now, Dave, we've been in emails for a little over an hour and a half, and uh, I think that's good. I did want to do one thing while we were here, and let me see if he's still around. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Take a couple calls. I'm Steve Glosson, host of Rock Out Loud. Would you like to podcast with me? Yeah, yeah. Hello, ladies. Hello. Um, Well, I wasn't suggesting that people watch the movie The Last Airbender, the cartoon series The Last Airbender. Yeah, I, so I'm not, I, underst- okay. I understood. All right, all right. Doc's in. Uh, didn't quite get it. So, Sorry, Doc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Andy in the chat. Andy's in the chat. I don't know if he's listening right now, though, but i tell you what I'm going to try to do because he was at Comic-Con, and uh, if Andy's not around, I need Alicia to be on standby, and if Alicia comes in, Dave, I'm going to need you to leave. 
So um, I'm kidding, of course. Wow. Uh, trying to call Andy right now to see if he's available and uh, and see what's happening um, and see what he see what his Comic Con experience was like. You know, Dave, I feel like before we before we close out, we need to talk about that Superman Batman footage. Absolutely. At, least, at the very least. Absolutely. Uh you saw it? I did. Now for those of you who didn't see it, um it it's basically Batman turning on the bat signal in a rainstorm. Uh Bat the, signals the Dark Knight returns signal. Yeah, and in the words the, yeah. and in the words of live, lightning crashes. <laughs> and uh, you remember that song? Yes, that I was do. such a it was a weird video. Can I just say that song was so over with everybody? Like everyone yeah. loved it, and I'm like, guys, it's a weird song. <laughs> it's some disturbing subject <laughs> matter. Yeah, yeah. Why'd oh. you have to go there? Like, geek out loud. Yeah. <laughs> Her intentions fall to the floor. Dun, dun. The angel opens her eyes. Pale blue color lines. But Present you don't like Nirvana, Steve. <laughs> I don't like Nirvana. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so it opens up with that. He's he turns on the thing, and um, well, it's interesting because it's almost like he turns it on as the lightning flashes, and as he turns it on, there in the light, hovering, is Superman. Yeah, and uh, they it was just like it was like he wasn't there, and then all of a sudden he was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and and they. And it's a very much Dark Knight Returns yes. um, battle armor that Batman wears. Yeah. Uh, like he's getting ready to fight Superman. Yeah. And uh, the eyes are lighting up. His eyes are lighting up, so Superman lights up his eyes a little bit, you know, and he's just sitting there looking angry with the red eyes like he does on the comics and such as. And uh, then it cuts to the logo. Mm-hmm. So we are a ways out, though, from Superman... Five. I'm sorry, Batman Five, <laughs> Superman, Dawn of Justice. Um, what How do you, you feel about the title right now? I don't like the title at all. Still that's, not why like I make, it. that's why I make fun of it all yeah, the time. Yeah, I don't. Um, with red demon eyes, says the Admiral. Um, True enough. What What do you think of that footage, though? Um, I thought Batman looked awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about. Uh, Was it all digitally animated? I don't know. It looked. I mean, it looked kind of. It looks very animated. Yeah, it looked kind of weird, but on the other hand, I was watching it from somebody's iPhone. Exactly. Exactly. So it's hard to tell a lot. Right. Right. And I think you and I were talking about this before we started. Is uh, when you release something like this at Comic Con, why not just go ahead and release it like three or four days later on the internet? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, Avengers, the Marvel eventually did that with that Avengers teaser from last year with right. the Iron Man mask turned into Ultron. Yeah. Um, but it took him a couple of months before they did that. I mean, I don't understand. Like, what's the? I think it's the fact that people are paying to be at Comic Con. They're paying for that experience, and so you know you want to give them a unique experience. I understand it. I'm not like mad that they're not releasing footage that they showed because eventually we're going to see it. Yeah, I mean I'm not mad about it. I just find it kind of baffling. Well, it just depends on what it is. Yeah, you know, um, it it depends on what's what's going on. Um, but that that footage looked pretty cool. It did. I mean, I can't. I'm just, I'm sorry. In a world where I'm getting Avengers 2, Age of Ultron, I'm just not excited about Batman Superman. In a world where Star Wars yeah, Episode 7 is filming right Star now. Star Wars Episode 7, you got Star Trek 3 or whatever it's going to be. I don't care about Star Trek Yeah, 3. you do. Um, I really don't. Like, you do. I, no, I, it's not going to be around the same time. That's the, 
Yeah. That's the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. When? 2016. Okay. Star Wars is going to be December 2015. Okay. Yeah. But that's... When but is, Batman Superman, Batman is, Superman 2016. is 2016? Yeah. Oh, well, see, there's no time to get... We'll get that's what I'm time. saying, is it was kind of like... Why are they taking so long Yeah, why that? are they being so secretive about something that's two years out? I mean, just put that online. Who yeah. cares? Why are they being so? Why are they taking so long with it? I wonder. They gotta shake the cameras. Yeah, they gotta put in all the Make digital it real camera shaky. shakes. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the Wonder Woman outfit? Yeah, I liked it. What do you it. think of it? I liked it. Well, you know what? I'm. You know what? I'm tired of people like all of a sudden. There's this big thing online about people complaining that Wonder Woman's too thin or whatever. I'm like, what is your deal, she man? All right. I, yeah, I'm like, look at the costume. That's what matters. I mean, I'll have to see your act. But I thought like she looked some, great. I would. I would like some star spangliness in there that's not there. Yeah, but. You know, mm. but she's definitely a warrior Amazonian princess look to her. Yeah. You know, someone made this point. I saw someone make this point that they spent all this time relaunching the new 52 uh, and almost so you'd have more realistic looking outfits and everything, and then they totally don't use that. Yeah, well. And I never had a problem with the Wonder Woman with pants. I didn't either. I don't know what that was about. Yeah, so um, I don't understand. You know, to me, it's more about the character. Um I think as a first look, though, she looked great. And, you know, who knows? She may gain some red, white, and blue by the end of it. I mean... Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? I like, doubt it. It's the dawn of justice. Yeah, it's the dawn of justice. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey. Who knows what happens who on the dawn of Who knows what happens when justice dawns? <laughs> who knows? Oh, boy. I, no, but I mean, seriously, I thought the footage was cool. But on the other hand, it's like, okay, but 2016... It's a ways off. Now, is it is it Batman Superman that is um, coming out on the same day as Captain America 3 right now? It but is, yeah. I love that neither studio is budging, and I hope they don't. I hope that it is Superhero Day on that day in 2016. There might be a riot at the movie theaters. I think it'd just be awesome. I think it'd be awesome to be able to watch One Captain America 3 and then turn around and go watch Superman Batman. And and just talk about how much better Captain America is. Now, are you one of these people that's going to go opening day? No, because not. I can't. I mean, like the older I get, and I'm sorry. That's me, Dave. That's yeah. me. That's why we're not at Guardians tonight. <laughs> well, and I also thought the only thing that I might possibly do that for would be Episode Seven. But I just oh, don't I'm know. sorry. I will be at a midnight screen yeah. for Episode Seven. That's, yeah, that's, that's true. Star that's Wars true. has been the only thing that I've ever done that with. Yeah, I, well, I've done it with several things, so yeah. I will definitely be there. Um, oh, Curran says I'm hating on DC. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that DC movies can't quite get up to where Marvel they're movies not. are. You they're know? not. I mean, let's just be honest. Yeah, I mean, Man of Steel, I liked it. I liked it, too. Yeah, but it's not... It's no Cat Avengers. Or it's, Cat no, two. it's no Winter Soldier No, it's no Winter Soldier. Hey, I'll say this. Man of Steel's no Iron Man 1. No. No, it's not. You know, it's so it's I got think, some good moments in it. Though, oh right? yeah, you know, hey, some of the greatest casting of any superhero movie ever yeah. is Man of Steel. I mean, straight up series business. Yeah, Henry Cavill is Superman, fantastic. Amy Adams is Lois Lane, wonderful. Lawrence Fishburne is Perry White, great yes. casting. Yes, I think the casting across the board was stupendous. I just think that J.J. Abrams should have held that camera steady. I'm not J.J. Abrams. Zack <laughs> Snyder should have held that camera steady. I really, I really liked. Uh, Chris- I could, can I tell you this? And I mean, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Uh-huh. 
If that camera would have been held steady, I'd like that movie a lot more sure, than I do. Yeah. I'm be- and I know that's nitpicky and silly, nah. but I really would have enjoyed that movie a hundred times more than I did. Well, I mean, think about it, and, and, and not to turn anybody off, but we talk about this in wrestling all the time. WWE uses a snap-zoom process during oh their my matches, gosh. and it drives both of us insane. I just want to talk. My thing, let me tell you what frustrates me so bad is I can't talk to anyone who can do anything about it. Yeah. I can't talk to Kevin Dunn or Vince Man and be like, you're ruining your product. I can't talk to Zack Snyder and say, stop it! <laughs> buy a tripod! I will buy you one! You know? He could have cut, cut down on the destruction of Metropolis, too, because I just... Yeah, it, it, I mean, you know what? It's not the destruction that the machines cause to me. It's, right. it's after the. It was Zod and Superman. It's Zod and Superman dragging each other yeah. across his buildings, yeah. and, yeah. and it, thought, you know what? Even if they were just dragging each other across the building, it'd be okay. But buildings are literally falling in their wake. You remember that fight? That ridiculous fight. It was cool, but uh, the Justice League Unlimited between Superman and Captain Marvel, where these skyscrapers were just falling down yeah, all over yeah, the place, yeah. and I'm just like. Surely, I mean, they didn't have time to evacuate those buildings. Right? Were they falling down during that? Yeah, fight? dude, go back and watch that. What fight. about that fight between Superman and Darkseid at Justice that League was Unlimited awesome. when he's yeah. like, "I live in a world of cardboard." Oh, so good. And Lex so saves good. the day. Um. Anyhow, I'm not excited now. Okay, look, I'm sorry. I got to call timeout. I yeah, gotta call yeah, yeah, timeout, yeah. Dave. Oh, Smart. Woo! <laughs> Woo Smart Kim says, you guys are WCW guys, and WCW didn't do dramatic camera moves. They're not dramatic camera moves. It's not a dramatic... Oh, my gosh. Watch old WWF. Woo. They didn't do... Dra- this is something that's relatively new. Yeah, Woo. I, I've been watching WWF since uh, the same time I've been watching WCW. So now, Now, listen. The fight between Zod and Superman was great. Yes. It's just... I think that... It almost... Uh, mm. I wish they'd have done it on the moon. How about that? Or out in the Arctic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, have their fight. Because cause that's that's where Zod was. That's where Zod was when we were trying to figure it out a while ago, Dave. We were trying to figure out, without watching the movie, why Zod didn't get sucked in the Phantom Zone. It's because he, had, he was going... No. He was driving the ship. Yeah. And the ship got knocked off course. Yeah. And Colonel Hardy drove the plane straight into the Phantom Jones on the Something. projector. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Colonel yeah. Hardy was awesome, by the way. Why Christopher we... Maloney. Can I just talk about how great that was for Christopher Maloney? Uh, when she goes, would you like me to tell Zod that you refuse? And he goes, I don't care what you tell him. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't care what you tell him. Or whatever. He's whatever not my saying. general, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so much good about Man of Steel. Yeah. But it's no... It's no Avengers. No. You know? No, and, it doesn't and, quite have And that. even comparing it to just a single superhero movie, it's no Captain America. It's too. no Superman, the movie, to me. I mean... Yeah, unfortunately. So, unfortunately. I, now, I will say, I was super impressed with Krypton. That's the thing. I'm telling you, I loved Krypton. I loved Russell Crowe. Mm-hmm. I loved the scenes where he was Hobo Clark Kent walking around yeah. doing stuff. The oil rig scene was amazing. Yeah. Everything was amazing. I had no problems with the origins and all this other stuff. Not a fan of the way Jonathan Kent died, but I would have accepted it a lot more if they would have used a freaking tripod. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. There you go, Zach. 
Now, he didn't pull this uh, shaky cam stuff in Watchmen, did he? I don't remember. I don't think he I did. I only saw Watchmen the one time. I really don't think he did. Have we talked about Watchmen, you and I? Do you like that whole thing? Have you well, read it's all right, yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. I mean, it's not something that I'm like, you know, think hung the moon or anything. But it's, right, right. It's, it's all right. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like it. I don't, I, I feel like, I don't know. When I first met you, we talked about Watchmen a little yeah, bit. We you did. said it was the deconstruction of the superhero. Yeah, yeah. And I it just, is. It and, is. And but it's like, I don't like that. I don't like the... It was just a period piece, though. It was. It was... Listen, and it's good writing. It's a good story. Mm-hmm. It's just not my thing. Right, I'm not, yeah. I'm not dogging the watch. Right. I'm not saying it's so... I'm saying it is a... It is a masterfully told story. Yeah. It really is. And it is... And it is shocking... And I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about the comic. Yeah, it is shocking. It is mind bending, and it is it is raw, but it is a masterfully told tale, and it's worth. I'd say it's somewhat unfulfilling. And yeah, yeah. I well, mean, there's just that kinda, moment. Kind of has this downer ending. That's the thing is there's no hope. Yeah, you know, there's no hope there. So, um, see what Smart says about that. He says, "If I'm a Smart, it means I'm better than you." Um, Will you are better? You than are us. better you than us. You are great. You're you're so much better than us. So anyhow, all of you guys are better than me. I don't know why you're not doing podcasts. Woo does. Woo I has know. a great podcast. Exactly. So you know, I'm just saying, I'm I'm the worst. Anyhow, uh, oh my Lanta, people are just still emailing in. It's almost midnight. Tell them to call. I I can't. <laughs> um, just kidding. I can't look at the chat right now. Um, <laughs> I'm about to go off on somebody. Go ahead. No, no, it's okay. Um, I'm sure they're burying us. I'm sorry. Woo is. Woo's burying me right now. Is he? Yeah, after all the good things I just Woo, said. Woo, we just put you over. I big know, time, Woo. Dude. I just put you over. Calm down. Um, so, anyhow. Uh, Ninja Batman, Turtles coming up about, this month. Are you looking forward to that? I am. Yeah. Yeah. You? I mean, I've never been a big Ninja Turtles guy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, not a fan. James Arnold Taylor and I talked about this a little bit. This is a preview for an upcoming interview. It's just a little bit past my time, just a hair past my time as far yeah. as being into it. And so I just missed the the Turtles thing. So I'm not as big into it as some people. Are. Yeah, but I, I mean, I haven't really thought about it in years. But when I started hearing the movies coming out this year, um, I was like, man, I'm. You know, maybe that's... And then once I saw the trailer, or the teaser, I was like, that looks like it's going to be a fun movie to like take my nephew to and mm-hmm. yeah. maybe get into it, you know? Yeah. And William Fishner's in it, and I think he's going to make a good shredder if that's who he's playing. I mean, um, Megan Fox is in it, and that's always a good thing. Um, so we'll see. I think it's I think it's got the potential to be pretty good, so hopefully it will be. Well, um, it is, I, you know... Like I say, I, I I can't say that I don't think it looks good. I think it looks really cool. I don't know that I'll see it in the theaters. I think, right? You know, it's one that I still haven't seen that TMNT that came out a while back. I haven't either. The animated I haven't either. that no, James just... Arnold Taylor was the voice of Leonardo. For was he really? Yeah. Well, that makes me want to watch it. I know, right? So, <laughs> well, you know, but um, so anyhow, <clears throat> no, no, no. Megan Fox in it is not good. Yes, it is. Listen, who said that? Uh, Doc Zen. Megan Doc. Fox. Megan Fox's friends uh, is is married to my good friend Brian Austin Green. And I, I think was, she I like the clips I've seen. I think she looks. I good. think Megan Fox is a fan of all this stuff. Yeah, and, and so I think that you know that she. If you want to talk about Transformers films, then I mean I don't know. You, 
you'd probably have to look at the scripting or whatever if you had a problem with the way that you know because i thought she did okay in it i mean i thought she was good but i love megan fox in those movies yeah i do too Straight up serious business. I, I, I do know there is a sect of people out there that don't. Oh, like yeah. It, there's a so. lot of people. It's cool to hate on Megan Fox for a lot of people, but yeah. not to me because I know she is a total geek, man. Yeah. She and Brian both total you geeks. Can tell. And, so, yeah. and so my thing is, it's like I'm not going to hate on her for being in a movie that I absolutely enjoyed. You I'm not going to get my butt kicked by David Silver. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not either. <laughs> Mm-mm. Nah. So, anyhow. Well, um,. So, uh, Andy wasn't around. I tried to call him. Uh, we'll just have to get him on in a couple episodes uh, to talk some Comic-Con with me and, uh, and and see what his experience was like. The only other stuff to really come out of Comic-Con that kind of caught my attention was the description of the Avengers footage, mm-hmm. um, which I'd really love to see. Just uh, They talk about you know them sitting around a room and everyone trying to pick up Thor's hammer and they're just kind of chilling and that's kind of the game <laughs> they play. And uh, Don Cheadle's there as nice. Rhodey, which yeah. is really cool. And Ultron crashes their little party, and he's all banged up and everything. And, and so that there's like a James Spader as Ultron monologue that starts to go on. And meanwhile, the song There Are No Strings On Me from Pinocchio is playing behind it all. <laughs> Just creepy, you know. Wow. And you see Captain America's shield torn in half and also all kinds of other stuff. Man, so. they really put uh, Cap to the ringer Yeah, between uh, Winter Soldier and this. Well, you know, there's some stuff that's been released about where the Hulk may be at the end of this, which could be really interesting. Uh, have some have some really interesting uh, ramifications yeah. for Phase 3. Wow. And a sequel. Uh, of a movie that may or may not be out this weekend um, nice. during Phase Three. So, yeah. and I don't know. That's all rumors right, and speculation right, right. and stuff. But uh, you know, you never know. And and so, I to me, more Hulk is only a good thing. Absolutely, it and, is. Uh, yeah, I know. was I was disappointed. Disappointed might not be the word, but I knew Guillermo del Toro was going to work on a Hulk TV show at one point. Yeah, yeah, that ABC and, series. Yeah, and, and it, and it I guess it's went the kind way of the dodo. Yeah, yeah. Once once Margot Ruffalo's Hulk kind of took off and everybody talked about how good it was mm-hmm. they may it may not have been going anywhere before that but i know that i know. i think that it's just a they, they couldn't get the funding for it right they yeah. could because they wanted to do it right yeah and and i think they just couldn't get the funding and i think that marvel wants anything they do on tv much with agents of shield to tie into the rest of the cinematic universe so i think that the whole idea was we can't go because i think what del toro wanted to do was almost a throwback Mm-hmm. You know, the traveling gun, yes. you know, going around. And uh, they're like, no, we can't do that. We need to, you know, need to tie in. But I'd love to see um, Rick Jones. Rick Jones! Um, <laughs> you know, I'd love to see. I'm Anytime Liv Tyler wants to show up in a movie, I'm all for that. Yeah. Uh, I, I do. I mean, selfishly, I miss Edward Norton as Bruce Banner. But in a way, in, you know, in, in mm. a way, he was definitely, you know, he definitely played the character Bruce they Banner. Had, I thought he and Liv Tyler really had some chemistry. So, yeah, but I think Mark Ruffalo would have some chemistry. Yeah, with I don't. I think it's impossible not to have chemistry. I think I could have chemistry with Liv Tyler. Very good. Um, I'd mm, pay money to watch. I love Liv Tyler. Yeah. So, she's she's a favorite of mine. Aowen. Yeah. Not Aowen. That was uh. No, you're right. Was that her name? Yeah. Aswu. <laughs> That's terrible. Be nice. You be nice. It was Aowen. It was Aowen. Okay. So, anyhow, um, <clears throat> mercifully, 
Arwen. 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 Yes. Arwen. Thank you. That woo. Thanks. Yeah, woo. that was woo. That was woo. Who hit it up for us? You know it was. You know, Arwen was, was uh, Carl Urban's sister, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Aowen and Aomer. He was Aomer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Hadn't hadn't read those books in a little bit, and or watched in a little bit. So, anyway, um, Dave, I think that my friend is going to wrap it up for us on on Geek Out Loud. Thanks for sitting in and doing this for me tonight, man. Yeah, man. We it's, were going. Uh, yeah, we were going to um do some call in stuff, but it's after midnight now, and so. After midnight, we're just going to let it all hang down. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and that does wrap it up for us here on Geek Out Loud. You can hear me and Dave often on Mark Out Loud, the wrestling podcast here in the Goloverse. You can check that out. And even if you don't like wrestling, we try to have a good time. You probably hear me get a lot more passionate about stuff on there than I do even around here. Yeah, you'll even hear like uh, Steve and I go at it occasionally. We'll argue right out of yeah, there. I mean, we will. We'll go at it. It's fun. Um, but, uh, hey, episode 100 is coming, and it's going to be a good time. We've already got James Arnold Taylor locked in. We're going on a couple of other things, and uh, hopefully it'll be a big, big show this coming week. And so hopefully you guys will be along uh, the road for us on Geek Out Loud. This is 99, and I can't wait to get to 100. We're stepping into a whole new era. Well, congratulations. Uh, well, we never thought it would happen, Dave. No, I mean, I, I'm, I've been a fan, you know, since I can remember. I know, man. And, before, uh, before the Starkville House of L days. Yeah, yeah and, and, and thanks for letting me be part of the journey. Dude, Shit. it's been great, man. Thank you for doing Mark Out Loud. I have fun with that. Yeah, it's and awesome. It's a good time. Uh, you can email us at geekoutonline at gmail.com. Geekout online at gmail.com hey guys as we're hitting this hundred mark it's a great time for you to go over to patreon.com slash geek out loud contribute whatever you feel like you can to the goaliverse uh dave and i are actually sitting down this weekend to record the exclusive podcast uh for this week's uh or for this month's rather exclusive episode and uh, that'll be coming to you later this week disney vault talk is out soon bambi talk along with the great Bill Farmer interview, so make sure you check that out. Hey, head over to iTunes and rate us and review us. Rate Geek Out Loud, review Geek Out Loud. Let people know about us. We are upping listenership slowly but surely, and we want to see more and more of that happen. We appreciate you for it. GeekOutOnline.com is the hub to head and sign up for the newsletter, to uh, buy a t-shirt, and to check out the Wall of Fame to all those who've supported us at Patreon.com slash GeekOutLoud. Facebook.com slash GeekOutLoud, at GeekOutLoud on the Twitter. And uh, we appreciate you following us, liking us, and all that good stuff. Guys, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for joining us and listening in on this episode. We will catch you next time. Until then, I'm Steve. And I'm Dave. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. <laughs>